factor. The suspense is killing us. It's me, Kevin. And Travis. Me, Matt. Hi. Sorry, I should say it is me, Kevin. It is I. Because we're not uh, because we're not using we don't use contractions in uh in the in the universe of Michael Mann. It's too serious. It's, uh, it's also true. at the end of this podcast we don't we can't say bye. We just have to <laughs> stop. <laughs> we just hang up the phone. <laughs> it's so so rude. But it's but so bi- rude. terse and business like. <laughs> it's, it's just all business, and we're men men doing business professionally. It's funny because you mentioned that in the um uh-huh. the the Patreon that we haven't posted yet, but the insider that we recorded, and then we were watching uh, Heat, I think, and Sophie Sophie actually commented on that. She She's was like, no like, one even ever says hi. She was like, nobody says hi and stuff, and I was like, I know, we had that, we actually had that conversation that it's a running theme in his movies that people answer the phone, don't say hello, and then just hang up <laughs> on people. <laughs> it's weirder It's weirder in the insider. I, I would think it would be, maybe, I would even know. I, I think yeah, I'd yeah. notice it in the other direction in Heat if Robert De Niro was like, Hey, how you doing? How are you? Okay, so anyways, we're gonna go do right. rob this thing. It's weird. All right, yeah. bye bye. Billy Peterson's all over the bad phone etiquette in uh, in Manhunter too. Oh yeah, but he's also very troubled. <laughs> Billy so. Peterson. I call Billy, him Billy. Billy Peterson. Because <laughs> he looks all he looks all young and fresh faced. You know, I bet there. I'd, I'd be surprised if there's a version of Will Graham who uh, does say hello and goodbye yeah, on the phone right. in like any of the media. Wow. Maybe yeah. Edward Norton's <laughs> version of him in Red Dragon. Hi, it's me, Bill. Bill. Will Graham. Yuck. Anyways, uh, tormented empath, etc., and, so, and so on. Uh, we might watch it someday. And such yeah, and such. Yeah. This. Oh, it sucks. Yeah. It's got Feisty Ho in it. Oh, that's, that's he plays Lowndes. He's pretty Lowndes. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> big ca- big cast in that movie. Big cast. Mary Louise Parker plays the wife in that. Yeah. Well, we'll get to it. Yeah. Harvey Keitel. Yep, as Crawford. Oh wow. He's Dennis Farina in that. We'll do it. Ugh. We could do we could do all like the real the the real flotsam the the, the Thomas Harris flotsam, which like, is uh, all of Hannibal. The other ones. Yeah, that's all the other ones. Hannibal, Red Dragon, and Hannibal Rising, right? Oh God, Hannibal Rising is so terrible. Nobody's <laughs> nobody's arguing on behalf of that one. I've even he- heard people say the Red Dragon's good. I've never heard anybody say Hannibal Rising's good. I mean, Red Dragon is at le- is like just sort of competent. You, you could make an I mean? argument for it being a movie that like you f- are able to follow the plot of and stuff. That, you know, I guess I, mean, I could make that argument. I mean, I don't I don't remember thinking it was terrible, but I don't remember much about it. And I remember thinking, well, this isn't certainly isn't much of anything. Yeah, this is okay. It's because it's just they wanted to remake it so that they could do have the Anthony Hopkins in it. Yeah, <laughs> like. Uh. Finally, with yeah. Brett Ratner, and he was starting to get pretty old at that point. So there was like scenes where he was where Anthony Hopkins <laughs> is like supposed to be like, you know, the coiled snake that is Hannibal Lecter, right. and you're like, well, I don't know, he looks like a little potato. <laughs> 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 that potato's gonna get me. Oh no! <laughs> and about that, at that point, he had full on eclipsed the character into camp. I mean, it was just oh, that's like, true. He's really well. They'd done it. Hannibal before that. Sure, which yeah. Had, which had which which. I'm, I mean, I mean that, that movie. I don't know if you can watch an, the ending of Hannibal, the right. last scene of Hannibal, and be like, "This is I take that fucking seriously." Where he's feeding Rayleigh sure, his sure. own brain. I mean that that movie <laughs> that movie is definitely full of all kinds of intentional camp. But the like by the time they're doing Red Dragon, which is ostensibly like a straight up adaptation of the novel, because yeah. the Hannibal movie is not really like the book. No, and and the but the 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 book Red Dragon is like way more serious and uh, right. Then it's like, here comes, like, mincing fucking Anthony Hopkins, like, hello, Edward Norton, tis I, I like Hannibal that. Lecter. I kind of like that about- Let's make some uh, eating puns. I like that about Hopkins, though. He can just, because he's like, sure. I'm going to have fun with this. I'm, they're, they're paying me shit ton of money, 
doesn't matter if I'm good or bad. This right. is what people want to see. I'm just gonna fucking I'm just gonna fucking chew scenery in the weirdest way possible. <laughs> he pretty much just kind of started doing that for you know. I think we talked about it on Transformers the, on the Five Hopkins episode. What? Oh, and yeah, yeah. Where he was a very serious actor for a time, and then he he just sort of was like, ah, fuck that. Right. I'm, I'm making money now. Yeah. <laughs> and God bless him. Best part of Hannibal is when he has brains and Tupperware at the end of it. Yeah, it gives it that little kid. That's a, that's a real thing that happens. <laughs> Where's your Tupperware, Clarice? And he uh, feeds right. this Ray Liotta's brains, too. He's like, ha, Karen, my brains. Pretty good, Karen. Pretty good. Karen. Tastes pretty ah. good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but that's not what we're talking about today. No, today is the, the official start on the show proper of Michael Manuary. Yeah, if you're if you're on our Patreon, you've already... You've already uh, Partook in the beginning of uh, Michael Manuary with our Patreon episode of Last of the Mohicans. So oh. get on that if you want to hear us. If you want to hear Dennis Farina as a Huron chief. Oh God, I, that was great. <laughs> that was very funny. There's gonna be more where that came from. If you like that, Dennis Farina. Dennis Farina's in two of the movies we're gonna talk about. Deep dish, double dish in yeah. this uh, barely in this episode. Barely in one of them, but yeah. And we also discovered that Michael Mann is from Chicago. well discovered. Well, this, we unearthed this, like, this hey guys, buried hey, information. Hey, 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 do you hear this? <laughs> that Michael you hear Ma- this? <laughs> guys got a scoop. Hey, I got a real scoop here. Michael Mann from Chicago. What a scoop. That can't be true. Can you from verify sh- that? He's from Chi-Town. I'm going to need three sources. He's from the... the Roger Ebert the, says so. He's from the Big Pizza, <laughs> as they call Chicago. <laughs> big Pizza. Yeah. Gotham Those City. Those pizzas are huge. It's a big pizza. It's a, We mean big. By big, we mean deep. One slice at a time in Chicago. One slice, your evening is done. <laughs> <laughs> and someone's going to plate it for you <laughs> like you're a baby. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. What? It's like in Portland or it's like can't... in Oregon where you're not allowed to pump your own gas. Absolutely. Yeah. It is Ill- they... illegal to uh, plate your own uh, slice of deep dish pizza in Chicago. Yeah. Amazing. It's not like you go to jail, but a pretty hefty fine. <laughs> yeah, but you're not paying a fine to like the cops because well, so, the city's so corrupt. No, no, you're paying a fine to the to a mafioso. They don't send you to jail in Chicago. They just, fat Tony. They just take you out back and you're never heard from again. You know, <laughs> if you if you if you slice and slice and dice your own pizza, there's a chance that you might get disappeared if if you slice if you slice your a own very pizza. good chance. You know, I you know I used to know a guy who lived in Chicago. I don't used anymore. to. I don't, I don't anymore. anymore. Used to. He was like, anymore. I'll just take a slice of pizza. And everyone was like, no, no. He's like, what could possibly go wrong? And he was dragged screaming out of there. Never, never everyone just went back to their dinners. And pizza that- sent out for him. <laughs> <laughs> and that you man's name was Roy Cohn. No. Roy Cohn. <laughs> Jesus. Roy Cohn. <laughs> But uh, but but we will have an opportunity to talk to do actual uh, Dennis Freina. But then also, I I, th- I think it was in one of the last episodes, one of the Patreon episodes, that we just decided that Michael Mann also talked like Dennis, like a Chicago sure, Dennis you know. Freina type of guy. He so, does a uh, little. I mean, he's got that Chicago, you know, excellent terseness when you watch interviews with him. Very good. I've watched a bunch of interviews with him recently. He has a little bit of an accent. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's like yeah, especially when he says Chicago. Mm-hmm. Chicago. Chicago. Says Chicago. Is that how they say it? <laughs> Stupid city. <laughs> the Windy Apple. Lovely city. <laughs> Lovely city. The big pizza. <laughs> the deep pizza. I did I did go to Chicago one time and I did love it. And uh Sears Tower was closed due to wind <laughs> at the time. Really? Yes. Like they wh- That's what I said. I literally <laughs> said the t- what? 
Again, and and they're like, I don't get know, the, out. Does the top of the building get wave? out of the building. Does the top of the building, like, waggle around a bunch when it's really windy out or something and like that? I don't know. Close, like, a 50-block radius whenever it's too windy, like, just, just in case this building <laughs> this falls thing, over. This thing could come down in any second. It might. It's pretty. It gets pretty windy here. Why did you? Why, why did you build it that way? We built this thing out of marzipan. <laughs> it was a mistake. It's popsicle sticks and butter. What did we do this, this for? City's as corrupt as the day is long. <laughs> what can you do? Oh, yeah, we had a bunch of bad contractors to build the Sears Tower, so it's just rickety. <laughs> Fucking tower was built by Teamsters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Fucking lazy bastards. Oh. It's true. Every single one of them. What? Speaking of lazy bastards. Yeah. Uh-huh. <coughs> we yeah. are we are lazy for uh we're, we're going to do three three Michael Mann <laughs> movies today. We're going to do Thief, Manhunter, and of course Heat. Yeah. It's going to be a controversial episode. <laughs> it is. Speaking of heat, there's going to be a lot of heat going on here. Mm. What's that supposed to mean? No one knows. You know like uh, rhetorical heat. Oh, not like okay, sorry. Yeah. We're not talking about Last of the Mohicans anymore, so not that kind oh, of Oh no, no. Well, you know, well, I mean, there's, some of there these is. movies are pretty horny. All of these all movies of are pretty Every horny. Every Michael Mann movie, it's weird because I've been watching all of them. Uh, I've been watching ones that weren't on here, uh, uh, you know, assigned to us, and uh, I watched yeah. The Keep, and that's got some fucking in it, too. Oh, yeah. that's, yes. I, re- I recall thinking that sex scene was weird when I saw it the first time it as is a weird. kid. Yeah. It's also just out of nowhere. It's weirdly shot, it's out of nowhere, and it's long. Yeah. And it's Lance Henriksen. No, no, it's Scott Glenn. Scott oh, Scott Glenn. Glenn. Scott Glenn, right. Weirdly right. shot out of nowhere and kind of long is not really, I mean. That's that whole movie. Yeah. Well, that movie's actually really I mean, it's short. a short movie, this but the scenes just sort of are like, really. You're like, what's going on? But he would, he he, he found a real style for directing his sex <coughs> scenes uh, later on, the way he does all these, uh, all three of the sex scenes in these movies where they're in these, like, close-ups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, these these very artful close-ups, and they all look the same, and they're very, they're good. Yeah. I like the way he shoots the sex scenes. I, I don't much care for um, watching Al Pacino suck face <laughs> for the lady. <laughs> That's pretty hard to watch without laughing. Oh. I gotta be honest with you. He's because the, it's real. The, Michael Mann's aiming for a real sense of intimacy. Well, he keeps saying "hua" a lot too. Oh. I mean, he gets Whoa. he gets he gets it though. There's oh, a there's a bam. sense of uh, intimacy, but it is also like ugh. And I remember on the VHS I had uh, for years, it's a little it's like you know bl- a blurrier image, right? And so he's got and he's wearing these gold chains. And I remember <laughs> thinking for years that like like it was like because he goes he goes comes up from kissing her, and one of the gold chains is kind and one of the shots is like kind of hanging by his mouth. And I I was like I was like is that fucking like spit? Am I watching this like? <laughs> You're watching this like uh, how, how sexual is what this? What the fuck Good is going God. on? Get, don't, not, don't act so hard, oh, Al Pacino. It's just one of his. Which is also weird that he's wearing all these gold chains, but it's less weird. It's less gross than uh, what I originally. Those thought. are all medical lurk chains. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a life call on one of them. I'm 57 years old and I'm maybe a cokehead and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Got to be keeping too careful. Ah, oh. <laughs> we'll get to it. He's just chewing Viagra like they're fucking Pez. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you gotta go easy on that Viagra. No, no. Oh, no. It keeps me on the edge where sharp. I gotta be. It keeps my dick sharp on the edge. It keeps me edging where I gotta be. <laughs> uh, well, let's uh, let's let's get into the edge here. Beef. Let's get toward the edge. Yeah, a, tre- a tremendous movie. His first, well, I guess his second movie, but uh, Jericho Miles a TV movie. Technically, yes. So, so technically, this is his first feature film. Are you clear? You've been putting down two, three scores a month. You want to put down contract scores all over the country? Working directly for me? I am self-employed. Geisty Lice. 
Just diamonds or cash. Fine. I'll make you a millionaire in four months. I wear $150 slacks. I wear silk shirts. I wear $800 suits. I wear a gold watch. I wear a perfect D flawless three carat ring. I'm a thief. Do you think that I have been waiting for you to come along? You're gonna marry her and have some kids. Yes. Hey, I'm talking to you. Hey. What? What is going on in your life that is so terrific? I'm just, I'm just asking you to be with me. Yes. Uh, which is pretty awesome. I mean, fucking awesome. Like out of the gate, like 1981. It's got that. This movie, I think, watching this again, I think this movie even more than Heat, which is like a really influential movie. I think in a lot of ways, you know, pe- people like took a lot from Heat, but like I think this movie, like. It has more direct influence on stuff, like just just the look, mm-hmm. especially. Like I was God. watching, going like, "Oh man, Drive!" And uh, I just rewatched Uncut Gems. I'm like, "Oh man, the Safdie brothers love this movie. Yeah, they have for to. sure. I mean, I, and I'm sure they would admit as much. But like, just there's all. I was just thinking of all these movies where I'm like, "Oh, this is like this one might be this might be Thief might be the most uh, like." I don't know the most inspira- in- inspiring Michael Mann movie. Ins- inspirational, inspirational, the influential. I feel like this is. I, it's kind of inspi- inspiring too. It's a really <laughs> gorgeous little movie. I think that this is like Patient Zero of a kind of movie that I call a hypnodrone. Yeah. Mm. Which is which is like you know heavy heavy synth, lots of like heavy visual like Tangerine like Dream, Tangerine Dream's first, mo- uh, first movie score, score yeah. too, and like just the fact that the the plot is sort of secondary to the aesthetic. You know, and it's Absolutely. just sort of like you do kind of like sink into it and it's more of a vibe than it is anything else. I mean, it's about the it's about the guy. Yeah. You know, it's definitely like it's there's a vibe, but it's also just about the dude. But yeah, totally like Reffin like, oh my watches God. this movie, you know, he <laughs> watches this movie and jerks off every, right. every time. Every time he's preparing for a movie, I'm sure. Yeah, there's oh. part of, there's and I love the, all that Reffin shit, but like, yeah. I like I, I like I like half of it. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I recall not liking this movie very much the first time I saw it, which was admittedly when I was like fourteen or fifteen or whatever. On the fuck VHS, it was. Too. on VHS, yeah. certainly not the way to watch a movie. One of the better looking movies yeah. you'll ever see. <laughs> uh, real. Yeah, I mean, I was a little disappointed with it too because I mean, I loved Heat. He was the first Michael Mann thing that I sort of remember really latching onto him to. Yeah, of, but you know, because of Mohicans, Mohicans for me. And uh, he was, and yeah, I, he was. I, I had heard that this was kind of that that Heat was kind of like reminiscent of Thief that he'd kind of done it you know done some of that before and i finally tracked it down a couple years later on tape mm-hmm. and it was just like oh it's not as good and it's so much now smaller, i think it's now i, I think, think it's just so as, i think it's just as good but different and this the middle yeah. the middle section where he's where it kind of takes a detour from the really fun stuff and you get the the person you know the uh character stuff is weird and i can't say that i loved it this time but i also can't say i hated it this time oh man oh, i loved all, all the shit stuff. with the kid and like it's it's <sighs> Well, we, all I that could see thinking it was weird when I was a kid, but I find it it's still weird now, but also like they're they're just trying so hard to be fucking normal and they can't, and yeah. they can't do it. Well, that's the whole thing. That's the whole about that guy is that he's that's yeah. the, it's, that's why it's all about this guy who's you know spent a bunch of his life in fucking prison and yeah. this is how he so this is how he is. He's very he's a very direct and specific kind of dude. <laughs> and you talk about and James Conn is fucking one of the best oh, James Conn performances amazing of all in time. This. All the prison stuff in it is like re- re- like pretty heavily researched. I mean, he made Jericho Mile, right? And he was really like he really latched onto that subject matter of like how a guy does his time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it shows up. Obviously, it's in Jericho Mile. It shows up a lot in this. It even shows up in Black Hat. Heat too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely with the Haysburg character. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big deal to him, but yeah. 
Um, yeah, and I think well, and he also I watched an interview with him about this, and that's like he specifically talks about how, uh, or it was with James Caan. He was talking about how like there's no. He said there were no contractions in the script. It's all it is. This is and and he's like that's because it's like that's how this guy is. This is how this guy learned in prison to talk, and so that's how he sounds because of his how how he was formed into this person while yeah. he was serving time. It's pretty impressive. It's like it's just the tiniest little thing. That's what turned James Conn onto. He's like this guy is so I just can't. I want to also that they did all that shit for real. Oh fuck, man! Like those, like the robbery they stuff. Had, they had to. They did it for real. Yeah. And James Conn was talking I can't about. Can't figure any other way they would have done that. Yeah. He was talking about that first robbery where he's like drilling through the thing, and he was like, he's like, yeah, I was drilling through the through the door, and I get that I get that door open, and then I walk in, and there's and there's two more doors, and he's like. And he's like, I didn't know that. He's like, well, but the cameras are rolling. I gotta start robbing this. I gotta. And so he just starts. Ha- <laughs> so he started hammering on the thing. Yeah, I, I don't. Know. He, that's his story. I don't know. You know exactly how apocryphal Who that knows? is or whatever. But it. But I mean, I believe it. But he's like, he's because he was doing it for real. And that fucking the fucking uh, laser lance thing that he has, the hot the ther- rod, the thermal lance. Jesus, uh, that is the fucking coolest shit the, I have he, ever fucking seen. They ah. just did. They did that. I know. They like did that. That was a set. But they like literally literally burned through a real safe door with that thing. I mean, when you're watching it, I just don't know. I can't imagine it's how amazing. else they would do it. No, I know, but it's just... But, it's, like, the cameras that that would revol- involved, and there's these shots where there's just, like, these The sparks are just, like, flying into the camera. Superheated sparks shooting directly into the camera. Like, how did they do that? There must be, like, that? some kind of plexiglass so barrier between and these, it or something. And these zoom-ins of, like, the steel being melted, oh like, wa- like it's just turning into, like, water. Yeah. Like, this red... How about that fucking opening <laughs> sequence robbery where it goes into the lock? Oh my! How did they do that? I think that's a giant lock that they built. Yeah. To fit the oh, into. really? Of course. God yeah. damn it! You never. But I mean, uh, with that, with that Tangerine Dream, like. Dun, 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 well, it's funny, yeah. and then it like yeah. has that guitar it's, sting when the car, the camera goes into the lock. I'm just like, oh my god! It's so cool. Well, it's so. He's like one of the early, like uh, I guess what they, what you call like the music video directors, right? Like him and and Tony Scott and Ridley Scott, kind of at the time, you know, at the time where like where it's, where they were, yeah, it was yeah. all these g- directors coming coming yeah. out of the seventies into the eighties, where it was like image yeah. and sound mixed together, and that's why it's like that's why you say like this movie's about a vi- all of his movies are more about a vibe yeah. than they are necessarily like what's going on, mm-hmm. like, and I think it's because he's like. He's, he's intensely he's focused great, on the like interiority of these guys, but also, as opposed to like yeah, yeah. what's what's the crime that they're doing. But also know? the vi- but also the visuals, like yeah. like you say in that first scene alone, you're like, there's like so many. Even the opening shot where it's like, isn't the opening shot where it's panning down that alleyway? That mm-hmm. that alleyway you know? shot, like and I don't even know how to. D- it's oh. so cool. But then you go into the robbery and they're going into the lock and like that was kind of shit that people weren't doing necessarily at the time. You know, they weren't putting cameras in weird places mm-hmm. all the time. They, that, now now you look at it and go like. Oh yeah, people do that kind of shit constantly, but it's because of dudes like Man and yeah. the Scott Brothers and stuff that were like, "Well, why don't we, why don't we really just uh, crank up the visuals on this visual medium?" Because that's the whole fucking point. And he and he combines that with like, because his movies tend to be like really, really heavily researched. Oh, so yeah, like, this is based on a book, but he also got with a bunch of real cops and a bunch of actual thieves, and he's like, so all the detail of it is pretty meticulous, but he doesn't have guys, like, talking about it. It's just, exactly. you just watch these professionals go to work. From the from the start, too, from this, in this movie, like, his first, you know, feature film or whatever, like, the, it's like, you're, it's, you're dropped into the middle of, like, mm-hmm. of, like, 
uh, thief speak and yeah. stuff, which it's which the, carries the over dialogue, into all of these. The movies. dialogue and the visuals and everything is so stylized; it's incredible. Like the dialogue is wild. I, he's, I don't. Th- it's yeah. it's almost mammoth esque. But it's oh my it's. God. St- I think it's stylized, but it's uh, it's less it's m- less stylized. I think and more just like so specific to the way these characters talk or whatever. Does that make sense? I guess stylized maybe, but it's like it doesn't feel like it's man. You know, stylized would be like like you know Kevin Smith's dialogue is stylized because sure. every character sounds like it's Kevin Smith talking. In this, it doesn't yeah. feel like Michael. I don't feel like it's Michael Mann talking. I feel like it's like these guy. He's like hung out with these dudes, and he's like, "This is how these fucking guys talk," and all the stuff they say. I where you're like, where I'm like, I'm baffled. I don't know what they're talking about, but you don't need to either because that's not the point. I think as his movies go on, they, that dialogue becomes more like more of a token. Like you can see more of him in it. Well, I couldn't follow. I couldn't follow most of Black Hat because I didn't know what people were saying. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, we'll get to that next. Yeah, episode. we'll get to that next episode. I mean, we'll see. Maybe the second time I watch it, I'll be like. But I was like, I, I don't even remember what happens in that movie because I was like, yeah. There's so many. There's like, it's either the dialogue is very terse or it's just people staring at each other for five minutes, and then I'm like, I have an what are they doing? Extremely funny story about They're, the press screening of what that are they, movie. What are they doing? They're computer hackers. <laughs> anyway, but but see, we're not there yet. <laughs> uh, this is this is him um, uh, when he's making his pitch to uh, Tuesday Weld. Uh, oh my He's God, very so very good. forcibly. I wear eight hundred dollars uh, <laughs> suits. Wear a gold watch. I change the, Carl like other people change their socks. One of the two amazing <laughs> yeah, uh, right. amazing. Uh, can you? I mean, I guess you can count that as a set piece. I feel like that like that. What the diner scene? The diner, the oh diner scene God, and the yeah. robbery scene in this are like the. I mean, there's a lot of great stuff, and the the ending is cool. But like that, the diner scene and that robbery scene are like for me are like the standouts. The, and this, he, that, that diner scene is amazing. There's always like these incredible set pieces in all of his yeah. movies, but the one like the one in this one that's the thermal lance robbery. And then it, it that 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 part of the scene ends with him like my darling Clementine sitting down in the fucking chair and having a cigarette. Christ knows how many hours they were at oh. doing this. And then it, it hard cuts to, to the, the beach. beach thing yeah. with the Tangerine Dream song and yeah. there the slow motion thing on the beach. That those two scenes back to back together, that's like fucking last of the Mohicans on the cliff for me. It's just like it's pure dopamine. So yeah, exactly. But it's this, so fucking cool. This diner scene is amazing. I'm a true I'm a true he does I he actually is blue. not doing a Chicago <laughs> accent. He is very He's just much sunny doing his, he is doing his He's just He's from which, New York. Which I, think is, which I think is smart. I don't know. Let's I'm a true it. blue kind of a guy. So let's cut the mini moves and the bullshit and get on with this big romance. Yeah. <laughs> That's how he talks. My yeah. favorite line. I am, that, I am a true blue type of a guy. Yeah. If that slob was a penologist, I'm a jet airplane pilot. It's so fucking good. <laughs> that scene where he's like yelling at the, the, the adoption lady is really fucking great. That, uh, <laughs> that, that diner scene is amazing because it, it starts off and you're kind of like... Uh, I, you're like, what's what is this, what is going on? Because he kidnaps her from yeah, a place. Basically, and <laughs> he like, just grabs he like her. roughs her up and like throws her in the car. Yeah, and he's and late I, for a date with her, and then she's mad, and so yeah. she goes to a club. By the way, at this club, there's an awesome band playing an yeah. awesome song. Oh, it's great! This movie really delivers, and so even in the small parts, you're like, this band fucking. Rules. And hey, the song that the lyric the guy keeps singing in the song is, "I've reached a turning point in my life." <laughs> wow. which, is a, which is a bit specific, but we'll take it. And it's it got, all comes together. It's got I can't a, remember the band's that, name. That scene has a, the William Peterson. Yeah, William too. Peterson shows up in the background for just a is second. Is he a Chicago guy? Uh huh. Peterson. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, Dennis Farina is also. Uh, He's a henchman he in this. Barely, henchman. He barely has a line in this. Yeah. There's a part at the beginning where he, where they're in a in a police office or police a police office. Is it just a yeah. regular office? A police office. And he just walks Coat by. Rack. He walks by and photo bombs the camera. <laughs> he's like, he's, he's like, the guy at the hey, end. It's me, Dennis. Yeah, he comes back at the end. But like in this one scene, you're like, is that all the Farina that we're gonna get? He just like kind of almost looks at the camera. He's like, all right, it's me. Goodbye. He, and he had just so he probably wasn't that long retired from the force at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. 
My he, favorite, he plays a tough guy. He, he's not he a plays, cop in this, though. No, he plays a tough he guy. He plays like a, a bunch of the, A bunch guy. of the cops are cops, and a bunch of the cops are also thieves. Yeah, one of the-, the Definitely the main, Chicagoans. The main, the main yeah. cop is a, was a thief. Is a thief, yeah. Like he was like the guy who's like the shitty cop who keeps. Like, it's like watching. Him. It's like watching the wire. We're like, oh, there's the real Jay yeah. Landsman. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I think it's fascinating that they got a lot of real cops to be in this because this it's hard to imagine a more uh, corrupt portrayal of police officers yeah, than right? in this movie. <laughs> they are frankly just another gang in this. That's pretty yeah, yeah, that's cool. it. And right? there's no good. There's no like good cops to like offset it or anything like that. No, now here's the good ones. It's right. like, no, it's just the cops are a gang of thieves that want their end. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole, thing. That's the whole movie, it, right? The whole is movie is all like a, su- uh, a sub-theme of the whole movie is cor- Chicago corruption. Well, there's a there's a tremendous line in, late in the movie where he's confronting, he's like no longer happy with what Robert Prosky is doing for him. Because mm-hmm. Robert Prosky's like, oh, I put a bunch of your end into like real estate or whatever. And he's like, I want my fucking money. Right. And, uh, and Robert Prosky goes, you should join a fucking labor union. And yeah. James Caan shows he's got his gun in his pocket and he goes, I'm fucking wearing it. This, that's it's like, amazing. oh my God, that is beautiful. The, movie, the movie's full of banger lines like yeah. that. You're like, shit. But that's, that's the whole theme of the movie is like, that's his labor union is, is himself. Yes. You know? And he's been pretty clear with Prosky from the start, but sure. obviously the guy's fucking jerking him around anyways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Amazing casting of this guy, Robert Prosky. First, looks his like, first uh, movie too. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, he was a theater. Where the fuck he was did a, this guy come from? He was a theater dude. Yeah. Oh. And he auditioned in uh, Steppenwolf. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure, but he's a he's a theater. He's been a theater dude for for years, and this was his first movie. I was as surprised when I watched his interview. Michael Mann's like, it was his first movie. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Because I just remember him from so hell much in stuff. It too. Which but is he, funny because because he's also like one of those guys who you remember as the 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 ticket, the ticket guy, guy from last, last yes. you know, or he's in he's in roles he like, like that. He yeah, looks yeah. like Santa Claus. Yeah, and he's in roles like beard. that where he's like, hi, I'm a I'm an old guy. He looks like a, a huge wise old nice man, but then yeah. you see him in this and yeah. he's like fucking terrifying. He yeah. looks like a huge elf. He's like a he's like <laughs> yeah. a smiley. He's gonna feed you some Werther's original. Absolutely. And so like when it flips over to him being the most evil person in the world, it's yeah. like extra chilling. Yeah. Because you can tell that it's that's like just pure sociopathy. He also does a really him. good like death rattle twitch at the end when he gets killed. Well, yeah, that's awesome. awesome. Michael Mann loves his death rattle twitches. He, like, he really likes to show that people die. Good shit. Oh, before I forget great. though, uh, before let's before we get too far away, though, I want to talk about the diner scene because yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I think it's this, that's like one of the that's like this one of the two centerpiece scenes of this m- movie for me because it goes on for a long time mm-hmm. and it's so weird because it starts off and you're like, and he fuck, who the fuck is this guy? And he's dragged kidnapped. Tuesday Weld into yeah. his car and yeah. she does not want and any of it. All you know about her so far in the movie is that he's she works at this diner and he'd asked her out on a date and you know and they'd seem to she know seems each interested other in or whatever like they you know it's not like they just met right in the movie he comes in a lot yeah and so so like but also that like she doesn't know this guy and he doesn't know her and then they have this long conversation you get to know a bunch about her and how she like lived with this drug dealer for a long yeah, time yeah and it but it's all like in these it's Nobody's telling the story. She's telling the story directly, but it just fe- it feels real. Yeah. It feels like a real person ta- telling the story and not like I lived with this drug. Like you're still f- you're figuring out what she's talking about because she's using crime speak the same as him. Right. And he knows what she's saying and she knows what he's saying because they're both like they've both been they're in, in that the world. life. They're in the life. But we're like going. Um, I'm figuring this out a little. I'm having all to that, decode a little. All of this that language. backstory stuff too. Like he famously makes his lead actors build whole biographies for their characters so that they can you know, like in, in sort of in a method way like of inhabiting that that headspace but it also it often finds its way into the movies like into the scripts like you'll have the characters articulated in like like that scene or like in collateral he talks a little bit about it yeah stuff like that it's always popping up it's like just the way he likes his people to prepare yeah and he always likes to put them in like the 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 as much of an accurate 
you know, uh, physical space as he possibly can. Like yeah. in Public Enemies, he went and shot scenes where the stuff actually happened. Right. You know? And he's got them wearing, like, period clothes and everything like that. He just, he, he likes to... It's so immersive, you know? Yeah. Um, and the, and this, this character is... T- so we find out we learn so much about him, and it yeah. works so well. And and a lot of that happens in this diner scene. This is, yeah. is this where we get the explanation of his like piece of his collage, his collage, his collage. His collage. That yeah. he'd looked at before, and you're like, "What is that?" And this is my dream life. This is where you belong. I want to have a baby. Here's I want to w- do this. I Willie Nelson that. up in the right hand corner. Okla. And we find okay. out he doesn't even talk about the fact that he grew up in in this one. This is he's talking about prison. Mm-hmm. He's talking about how how he wants her and how, she, and he and he's negging her too. <laughs> he's constantly going like, "Well, you got something fucking better going on in your life than hanging yeah. out with a fucking low life piece of shit." I'm barely literate. You don't, you don't want to be around. With me. You don't want to be hanging yeah, out yeah. with me. Come on. Um, but he talks about his prison experience, which is horrifying, fucking horrifying. And, yep. But then we find out later on uh, at the uh, at the orphanage, essentially. That he grew, I think he grew up as an orphan too. Yeah, he was. He in, he's in been the in the system. system. Dude's just been gladiator anni- academies. <laughs> Absolutely, dude's just been annihilated his whole fucking yeah. life. And and he also went to jail for like nothing. Right. And then I mean, he, he stayed his, in jail because he had he to defend in, himself. He, had to, he killed a guy. Yeah. <laughs> because they were trying to gang rape him. <laughs> he killed possibly more than one guy. Yeah, we because they tried to gang. We don't know exactly, but <laughs> I mean, it's just a goddamn nightmare. And so, I mean, he's he's not he's obviously an inc- incredibly skilled as uh, as a thief. Oh yeah, he's he's got that going for him, but he doesn't he can't really function in society in society in any other way. Yeah, I mean that's a theme through all. He's of the man's coyote uh, the, in front of the running in front of the taxi cab. You know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> all of his characters. Well, the Chris are. Cornell song plays. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the audio, audio slave. slave. We'll talk a lot about audio uh, slave in not, the next we're episode. We're not there yet. His uh. <laughs> Uh, Audio Slave was just a gleam in Chris Cornell's daddy's balls. Exactly. <laughs> but his characters in all three of these movies, that's that's the thing, is that they can't, you know, yeah. that's the but problem. But I think it's the best articulated in this one. I think personally. that's true, yeah. I mean, especially, Maybe. I yeah, mean, just I mean, this it's, relationship it's between Tuesday Weld and, and James Caan, I mean, I, I, I don't want to start drawing comparisons immediately, but, like, one of my biggest complaints with Heat is the relationship Uh-oh. between Robert sure. De Niro and, oh, yeah. what's her face, Brenneman? Amy Brenneman. Amy Brenneman, yeah. and that makes no fucking sense, and this makes all the sense in the world, <laughs> and and is, like, and is moving. I feel like the difference between the two movies is that he is, first of all, it's, like, a lot more sprawling. Yeah. But because of that, it's committing itself to being a lot more impressionistic too. Yeah. Um it's a bit it's a bit more like fable like in a sense. Hmm. But uh but this I think you're right that this is like the cleanest and sort of most pure articulation of that Michael Mann guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well and the well, the whole movie is just about this guy. Mm-hmm. As opposed to I mean I you know and even like Manhunter a little is about Will Graham but there's other stuff going there's on. There's other stuff there's going on. There's a lot on. of plot going on in that movie. Yeah. As opposed to this where you're like just with this one dude mm-hmm. and you're that's that's the movie. The movie's thief and here's your thief and you're going to spend 2 hours with this guy. Yeah. And so by the end of the movie you know this dude <laughs> really well. You know him really well. <laughs> and he's pre- and, and it's a, cl- a great a- example of a f- somewhat unpleasant character character that makes sense in a movie that yeah. isn't that isn't uh, unpleasant to to be because you're with just with this guy the whole way through yeah. and it, he, he makes sense you understand where he's coming from and why he's this way and every move that he makes is explained by the the way that his background and <laughs> and the life that he's lived and stuff so it all fits together yeah. and at no point you're going like well i don't see that happening or this right like, yeah this is this is what these guys are this is what this guy is and it's all kind of fucked 
<laughs> it's I mean, all too bad. The thing is that yeah, it's that kind of thing that it's like fucked from the start because he's part. You know, he as soon as he's like has to go get money from these guys who are you know ripping him off or killed the guy that was give gun supposed to give him his money. Yeah. As soon as Robert Prosky shows up, you're like, oh, that's it. Yeah. Because like now it's big business coming horning in on the small businessman, you know, and going like, you're part of my system now. And yep. he's like, he's like, I don't. What if I don't want to be? And it's kind of like you don't really have a choice. You know, even though you got Jim Belushi over there, uh, ready to blow me away, you're, you got to be Jim Belushi. <laughs> you got to be part of my uh, part of my uh, <laughs> my Gag- deal. Gags is the guy who who dies. Joe Gags. Gags took a walk out of a twelve-story window. Gag- That's gag- how people gag- talk gags. in this. Gags plus took a gag- walk out gag- of a twelve-story window. I love the Gags character too, who's in one scene and he's just like a disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like he's like ah, oh, this guy. He's like just uh, there's like a shot of him like creepily looking at the. Uh, the waitress at the, yeah. at the restaurant there just sort of. Do you and you're like, man, if that guy fell out of a window, nobody would miss him. <laughs> the, the, watching the the diamond stuff in this made me remember what you were telling me about how like they put them in those they put them in the little envelopes because the diamonds will actually cut each other. Oh, we got to uh, we got down to to business on this because um, there's a scene where they do, I do the robbery and he's just pouring all these jewels into a bag <laughs> and I'm like, isn't that not what you're supposed to do? Well, diamonds are yeah. so hard that they'll cut the other, but I think other jewels. I don't have all the terminology down. Uh, Corey's wife works in in jewels. Oh, so she knew what some of that stuff yes. was. So D flawless to VS one is the way um, some of the diamonds at, at earlier on are described. Mm-hmm. D means color. Uh, and and, uh, cl- and VS1, I believe, is clarity. Mm. So these are these different aspects of it. And I found out that um, that whole <laughs> diamonds, like jewels, can like cut each other mm-hmm. and stuff like that if they're not put in the individual thing. Um, that can, if it's like a shitty operation, that can be fine. So oh. if you do, and it all also depends on how many jewels are in it together. But right. you can basically buffer off the uh, scars that, oh, they, okay. that they make on each other. Okay. But but if you're me, if you if you're in a kind of decent diamond cutting business at all, you don't fucking want to do that because right, you're right. losing some of the di- the diamonds. Right. So like a shitty fly by night uh, jewel operation might have a also if you're together. if you're wholesaling eight hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of diamonds for you know however if you're selling them off yes. to a fence that won't matter or if they're lower quality right right that sort of thing well because then they're gonna buff them out sell them for more yeah. than they're worth and say <clears throat> these are flawless or whatever but any any high quality hmm. uh, like with, with like the primo quality uh, primo clarity and all that sort of stuff they're going to be putting them in these individual it's almost like things. Michael Mann probably knew some of that stuff oh and, yeah and put the detail in the movie it and seems, I think the detail seems how unusual for him to do that yeah and we were talking <laughs> and we were talking about it about how like in this one they're in these very small envelopes but they're still bunched in, in maybe like mm-hmm. 8 to 10 jewels together right which is way different having movies that usually just a big bag yeah yeah right and yeah, it yeah. seemed and, and, and the way that they're ordered also seems just accurate and i think and then um uh Corey's wife said that that's not how the, like the really professional people did it but i think that maybe that's michael mann saying that this is not uh, mm-hmm. and that's how they were able to get or robbed it's, or it's different now than when they or it could be different now than it was then too so yeah. they might have uh yeah diamond storing technology may have improved but it but it <laughs> yeah, looks bullshit. it looks really <laughs> it looks not. right the way i mean not not being yeah. <laughs> in the, in the, the way that they're ordered in these like envelopes and stuff like that you're like yeah that seems like the way that they would do it yeah because they have to pull these little these little envelopes out and, st- and just keep adding yeah. to them and stuff like that. It's really cool. And this is all that James uh, that James Con steals is diamonds. Yep, he's a diamond. He's man. like, I don't do cash. Yep, <laughs> doesn't do bonds. Doesn't no do bonds. No cash. Just rocks. What a fascinating, just rocks. What a fascinating life. I do love uh, Jim Belushi in this too, though. Jim Belushi is great. This is this period where he was uh, doing reputable stuff. In, uh, he's great in Salvador, mm-hmm. Midnight Express. Yeah, he's just he was one of those guys. He's the Turkish guard in Midnight Express. <laughs> oh wait, is it Randy Quaid in Midnight Express? No, it might not be him. 
I don't remember him in Midnight uh, Express. Uh, it might be Randy Quaid in Midnight Express. But he's great in Salvador. He's great in Salvador. Um, and he, in that one, at least he's playing kind of like a loathsome, loudmouth, like fat dude. Yeah. And this one, maybe not loathsome, I don't know. But in this one, he's just like the the true blue assistant yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. He's just his, his partner. And he's a real professional. Yeah. And boy, does he get fucking blown away! <laughs> yeah, man. So hard. Holy shit! I mean, when everything this movie goes is to shit, so violent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Get it, it. I mean, the whole ending is just fucking <laughs> bloody. I love. How violent Michael Mann movies are, I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. It's fucking great. Still buzzing off of watching Last of the Mohicans the last time. <laughs> and then I went back and watched that scene again, the the, the final scene again, oh, of course. He's, he's got a real knack for it. And this in this one, it's almost like um, a different era of violence, the way it's depicted. Like, it'll they'll just lovingly linger over a slow-motion shot of Jim Belushi getting blasted one time from a shotgun. Mm-hmm. And then they shoot him another time while he's in the air. <laughs> and, it's, and the blood goes... <laughs> All over this van. It's that's a white van. It's just good lord. There's also a period of his work. It's uh, it was in the keep too. But uh, when he would do that violent stuff, he would add these very jagged cuts into the into the into the violence. He stuff. does that in Manhunter. It's way o- it's all over Manhunter and too. In, and in this too. At the yeah, yeah. end when a he little shoots, bit, little bit he, in this when he blows away that the final dude. Yeah. On the street in this, yeah. like that. There's like a real quick cut. There's weird jump. There's weird jumps inside the shots. It's really interesting. Well, when scene, he blows Santa Claus's brains out, it's also very strange. Yeah. Well, the scene in Manhunter. I mean, we'll talk he, about. Yeah, it, when guess, he kills Dollarhide. Well, yeah, but they, they shot that with like four different cameras all running at different speeds yeah. or whatever. Jesus. So they so they, so you watch it and it's cutting from like you know slow mm-hmm. to super high speed to step frame or whatever. Yeah, it's really Pretty fucking crazy. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Mann's amazing. Yeah. He doesn't always make movies that I like, but I mean, you got to admire, you got to admire the dedication and the, he's just one just of those doing, guys just that doing something weird, you know, he's, he's nuts. He, he's just pushing everybody. He's, he kind of reminds me of like a more stylistic, uh, maybe more thoughtful James Cameron sort of mm. guy. Who's just like, I'm, I'm going to push everyone yeah. to their limits and do every, every possible thing. And I'm obsessed yeah. with all bit. this shit. I mean, Cameron's more of a, uh, populist or whatever he's like yeah he's, there's, he's, there's, Cameron's there's make, stories Cameron's that they tell making are different movies that he wants to but he's <clears> also like I'm making movies that I want to that are going to be big big movies that people you know whereas yes. Michael Mann is like I'm going to make movies that I, are only I, for I, me are for me <laughs> which is which is I, which is great but yes. both men are notorious pricks <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're tyrants I mean man especially there's some there's some amazing stories to tell about this guy oh really oh my god you got any uh I mean, I told the cow one, which may or may not be true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the one you got to look under Larry Karaszewski's Twitter. He did a. He was working on a movie for Man with his partner, and uh, like he tells this incredibly incredible story about like the meticulous note taking and all of the shit that he made, like that he put them through, like the, his process. And like the way that he liked to digest all of his information was just like so obnoxious that they walked. <laughs> wow! wow. <laughs> uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It seems He's like, like he like has every he like has all of his uh, like meetings with you like recorded and then transcribed and stuff like all of this shit. It's very intense. <laughs> I remember seeing the making of Collateral. And then they there was they said there was something like a two month process of rehearsals where Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx were just together in a room sitting next to each other in chairs. No food, no water. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they one of someone had to be recast because he died. Yeah, 
of thirst. <laughs> Jamie Foxx died. But it was no, like no. It was one of the Tom Cruise clones. <laughs> they've got, the Tom, they've they got dozens of one them. Of the they Tom just use that prestige chamber and bring up another one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was just so like, many dead Tom Cruise. Remember being like, there. "Pardon me, how, how long were they doing this now?" Yeah. That seems like a very long time for some big movie stars <laughs> to just be in a room. All three of these movies that we're talking about were, were his in his thirty five millimeter days too. Mm. You know, he's, oh, he's, yeah. he's since shifted mostly to digital. So yeah, one of the one of the trailblazers. And his digital stuff is very distinctive. And like some people really don't like the way that his digital stuff looks, but I think it's amazing. Well, it's we'll, interesting. We'll get to it. I haven't these seen mo- Miami Vice in basically well, since like a year after it was one in theaters. One of the most beautiful movies I have ever seen. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I don't know what I'm gonna think. <laughs> These movies all look gorgeous, though. I agree. This, I is him they, this one in particular, but I think they all look great. I mean, my God, this movie! Yeah, and uh, like we can't, I, I can't stress enough. I mean, there's there's great set piece uh, robberies at the beginning and at the end, but the fucking thing at the end with the big glowing rod. At the beginning, at the middle, you in mean. The middle. Is that the like, middle? Yeah, the, yeah, the, the, like the, thir- the, the thermal lance thing is the big set I guess piece it is robbery. About, it's about, it is there's about like 40 minutes hour. out. That's yeah, like yeah, the yeah. middle, and then it's like, then it's all downhill from there. Yeah. The thermal lance, it's just the unlike anything I've ever seen in a movie before, and it's hypnotic. It's hypnotic in both the visuals that you're getting with the uh, the, the spray and mm-hmm. the melting of the of the metal and all that, but also in the way that they all wordlessly do their work, and they've all got these very important jobs. Rafifi. Yeah, yeah, it's I like love Rafifi, but instead of there being uh, it being just like no score and just the sound of the robbery, it's like uh, yeah. with a Tangerine Dream score right. that like melds in and out of the sound effects constantly. God. Like that Tangerine Dream score is constantly like going in and, and you're like, is that the sound from, I mean, they did it on purpose, but it's like, is that the sound from the yeah. the thermal lance or is that actually part of the music or whatever? It's pretty cool. That, 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 uh. That part where he's after he's when he sits down in the chair to smoke a cigarette and then it cuts to yeah. the beach. That there's like a bass drop in that in that song or right on the cut. Yep. It's so awesome. <laughs> it's so awesome. I think that might be my favorite piece of movie music ever. Yeah. That the, Tangerine uh, Dream beach scene song. The final song over the over the, the climactic shootout is not Tangerine Dream. But I can't remember who it is. It's uh, Pink Floyd or something. <laughs> and it's really good, but it's a really good song. Yeah. Do you uh, know? I might, I might have it written down here. I can't uh, it's not. I didn't know it wasn't Tangerine Dream. No, that the, yeah, they wrote. Uh, I, 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 there was an interview. Randy with the, Newman. What? <laughs> <laughs> you Warren got a friend in me. <laughs> I like sitting in chairs. <laughs> Short people are the worst, or whatever. Let's Short all have some hot dogs. Randy Newman. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't remember uh, what song plays at the end of it. Uh, and, and you're it's the Curb Your Enthusiasm <laughs> music. <laughs> but it works. Yeah, it's great. It really works. Uh, Michael Mann's all over the place for his music choices. I like all the... I mean, Sometimes Tandri- they're Tandri- amazing. Dream. Other times I'm like, I wouldn't have made that choice. But yeah, hey, Man- I'm not Michael Mann. Manhattan's... Or uh, Manhunter... Manhattan. Manhattan. Manhunter's a real mixed bag. There's some stuff I really like. I like most stuff of the really music don't. in that. Then it starts to waver in heat, and then it starts to then he starts to become the audio st- the audio slave starts to <laughs> encroach. You're kind of like, pardon me. Some of the choices he really in, likes audio. Some slave. of the choices in Vice are not my favorite. Yeah, but there are also some really inspired ones too. So yeah, it's 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 a mix. Um, but just like the the the, the scene with the thermal lance mm-hmm. uh, is is all done wordlessly. What is it like? And it's wordless at the beginning too. I love wordlessness in movies. Yeah. <laughs> it's so great. I think it's like ten minutes before anybody says anything at the beginning. There's so little dialogue in in the big parts of this movie. Yeah. Yes, it's, especially given how much how much lifting the dialogue does when it is there. 
it's really impressive when, yeah. he, when he decides not to use it. And, and so Jim Belushi just lights this thermal lance. It's about 15 feet long. So cool. It's just a and big fucking metal it's, rod. Well, he, it's got to be extremely heavy, too. And you can see James Conn just like, he's got to lug this fucking thing up. It's the inanimate carbon rod that from The Simpsons. It's mm-hmm. Yeah, and the idea is that the thing is going to burn down, right? That's why it has to be so long. Yeah, it's got it's to be so long. Because it's bur- it's bur- that's just pure fuel <laughs> that's igniting just because it's got to get hot enough to melt through that door. It's oh, like extremely strong steel. I love that you have to get like they get get like an old guy to build it for him yeah. too. Yeah. Like he's got to go get and the guy's like guy. I can, the guy's like I can do it. You know, it's going to take some time. Yeah, but I could, t- you know, I, just I love that scene where he goes and talks to that dude. Oh, yeah. He's like I got to use your phone. You sweep that phone? Yeah, I sweep it like, once a week. It's this fun. fucking scientist over here in his white coat. Who yeah, wears yeah. a white coat in a place like he's this? He's like, "Hey, Dickless." He's like <laughs> making fun of the guy. <laughs> it's his it's his like son's Yeah, it's his like his son-in-law. It's his son-in-law, yeah. Yeah, something like that. But like that, that scene where they when they first test it out and they burn through the steel door and then yeah. they just look at each other like they smile at each other like man yeah then they we should do love doing they high what five we did. and it freeze frames <laughs> yes it's wild <laughs> but like while, while they're using this thing to to melt through steel yeah. <laughs> to cut the hole a hole in this fucking extremely strong safe there's got to be a guy if we're using a fire extinguisher on the floor to keep the the whole thing from igniting, they have to cover like the ceiling in this goo, like the ceiling in this goo to keep the smoke from like pouring out and getting into the like the fire alarm systems and yep. stuff like that. And it's all wordless, but you are able to follow what they're doing. Yeah, you oh, totally yeah. get. They're it. all helping each other. Jim Belushi like puts uh, his welding ma- uh, James Conn's welding mask on for him. God, I love this stuff. He talk- I interviewed. This man- is one of the greatest yeah, scenes yeah. ever. Man talks about not like basing this specifically on noir, even though it gets like a lot of comparisons to like film noir and stuff. But he was like, but he definitely, what I had, he's definitely a fan of Rafifi. Just mm-hmm. like I mean, he's like I've, you know researched real thieves, but then he's also like, ah, uh, I want to make a fucking movie. But here. I'm making a movie here, and like you know, I mean, Rafifi's that's like the one of the great like yeah. robbery scenes of all time, and so like he's like, well, let's do that, but like uh, we'll turn up the heat, so to speak. Oh, <laughs> you know, a lot. Anyway, I don't. We haven't even described the plot, but you know, there's not. It's like just this character study, you know. It's yeah, a, it's James Conn. It's, 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 it's him thing. and a small team. And then he gets drawn into uh, Santa Claus's circle, and Santa Claus is a much more connected. What's yeah. the actor's name? Prosky. Robert, Robert Prosky. Prosky. And and he's like, why don't you come work for me? I'm a little bit more connected and more devious. So you, you know, you yeah. can't trust me. James Conn knows he kind of can't trust this guy, but like, it's a in a combination of intimidation tactics and offering money and well, stuff. Well, they they all. I mean, for a while, the relationship is prosperous for both of them, and then yeah. Robert Prosky, Prosky the snowman, seems like they're decides all pros. That he doesn't want to do it. Uh, doesn't want to treat him fairly anymore. Yeah. Exploitation of labor by capital, you know. <laughs> there's a funny. There's well, he a funny even says part. he's like, "I'm gonna put your money in this thing," and James Conn's like, "I don't want you to do that." And then he does it anyway. Yeah. He's like, "What the <laughs> fuck did you do that? I told you not to." James Conn has pretty well established himself as a person not to be fucked with, too, who yeah. will like really bite back. But he also does provide. I mean, like, he, he he basically he gets, gets him, him a, a baby, baby, sells him a baby. Oh boy! Which is that scene where Tuesday Robert- Weld goes and picks up the baby is really cool. Because it's all it's outside the building. Like James Conn's in a car in front of the apartment building. Tuesday Weld is inside the building. You could see in the lobby, this lady comes down out of the elevator, gives her the baby. Tuesday Weld's walking towards the car, and the lady who gives her the baby takes like one last look, and oh, then goes back upstairs. Man. I hadn't noticed that. Jesus. Uh, it's great. Because it's some goof who couldn't handle her, her own baby. Who knows what's going on, but yeah. Everybody gets called a goof in this movie. <laughs> so when, he, when, he, when he's first getting encroached upon by uh, Prosky's gang and he's kind of like establishing, you know, 
that he won't be pushed around or anything. Like, so he's he's pointing a gun at a guy. He's hey you, you goof, get down on the floor. I am the last person on earth that you want to fuck with. Yeah. But every people get called goofs in this, yeah. which might be a Chicago thing. I'm not entirely sure. Probably. There's, all, I mean, all, all the I don't know. The cops probably call him a goof at some point because there's all these bad cops. There's just like the, well, yeah, there's the like cops, five cops just beating the shit out of him in a room at one point. The going, cops like, are you're shaking supposed to him give us, You're supposed to give us your cut, you fucking idiot. And <laughs> I just like he's like he like won't back down. He's like I'm not gonna you know. And before he was with Prosky, the cops weren't on him. Yeah. Because he they see him at the meet with him and they're like, who the fuck is this guy? Well, yeah. let's get on that guy. As soon as he gets so, he gets he lumps in with Prosky, he's uh, he's just in a world of know, shit. Which is, you know, that's... Yeah. He's not crazy about it. No. He, he likes he, to do I things mean, the way... He's very particular. He doesn't want anybody in the world getting their hooks into him. That's right. Well, you know. But it's way too late. And then the, and then Prosky really finds a way in by getting him this baby. Yeah. There's a scene where we find out just how, <laughs> kind of like how... It's pretty understandable that they wouldn't give him a baby. Because he goes to... They go to the, they go to the adoption agency. Yeah. <laughs> and Tuesday, it's been established that Tuesday, well, can't have kids, but kids are part of uh, part James Conn's qualm. Yeah. Uh, part of his collage, and so they go into the thing, and and they're like, and she's like, uh, what uh, what is this here? You spent ten years in whatever well, Juliet, yeah, what Juliet, you, the Chicago prison. What, what were you, you doing there? Were I you was uh, learning how to be a blues brother in there. <laughs> I was doing this. I was. Yeah, she keeps on going like, what were you a warden? Were you the warden? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> were you, uh, were you a CEO? <laughs> were you? Uh, oh, you were working. Oh, so you were working with. Uh, what was yeah, your? What, where were you? I was working. What were you like, doing there? Making license plates. <laughs> it's, it's really funny oh. how long. It's really what's funny about the scene is how long it takes that lady to. To, it takes that lady to go like he nobody was. Nobody actually is a prisoner in prison, right? And, and certainly nobody that would come in here they gotta, after being they in gotta, prison. They gotta have like a stock character, like ca- catalog of guy or woman who is the uh, the like obsequious bureaucrat who will not give you the thing that right. you deserve, like. This lady, lady, the guy who won't give fucking Don Cheadle a bank loan and boogie yep. nights, <laughs> yep. you know, it's like you, pornography. No, <laughs> but but in this case, it's kind of like he seems to make her case for her, like immediately. Well, he's got a bit of a temper. They, they, he, he needs to. But he, all the shit he where he's like so much that we find out that there's a security guard at this adoption agency. Yeah, that shouldn't be. But this is this is him like flipping out and, and like he, he's he's yelling at this point and he goes. Oh, uh, fine. We'll just take a kid that's not so desirable. You got a black kid? We'll take him. You got a slurf, slurf for Chinese kid? Yeah. We'll take it. And he's just yelling it at this point. Yeah. God damn. But he's also he's, going like, you know, there are all these kids in the world and we just want to love something. And, you know, you're, deni- know. you're denying him us and us him is what Absolutely. he says. Absolutely. Uh, which is a really passionate uh, response. A lot of people don't want old kids. I'll take an eight-year-old yeah. black C-word it's, it's kid. Not, it's not so much that he's not right. It's that he's an asshole. Sure. This is like, not so, going to help. This so, is not going to help I mean, his cause. In that scene, you're, we've been watching this movie about him, so you're like, yeah, hey, man, give, yeah, give him a baby. But you're also like, mm, don't act like nah. that. It's uh, also exactly how that guy would act. Exactly. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, no, I'm not this so, guy yeah. is fucked up. Yeah. But also, don't act like that. Sure. That's, and well, that's um, and she keeps trying to be like, okay, let's uh, let's go, Frank. No, eh, like maybe don't. And you know, he just sort of ignores her. He and goes just off. wants to be a basic ass person with a house and a wife and a kid yeah. and a dog and a backyard and shit. And he Wait, just gets can't. And he can't. Well, not happening. It, it's not available to him because yeah. of what he because of who he is. I mean, from, from what he does ever too. Like yeah. he's never had never had a shot. So you're. I, I'm sympathetic towards him. While at the same time going like this, probably, and then, this and is then not going to happen. The tragedy of the movie is that he ends up without it. Yeah, well, he ends up with it for a bit, and yeah. then he then he literally blows he, up he his own to, house. He has to blow it up. Yeah, uh, thing, things things uh, go very badly with Prosky, yep. and uh, 
They kill. They blow. They shoot Jim Belushi once on the ground and then once in the air, and all all things are swirling for him. And so he basically has to do the Harry and the Hendersons thing with Tuesday Weld. Or like, get out of here! I don't like you. Yeah. Go out, get out of here, Harry. He's like throwing pine cones at her. <laughs> she scurries off into the into the forest. And then he just goes and fucking kills everybody. But he's got. But it's funny because it's like well, you he know, blows this, up his bar, he blows up his house, and he blows up his car dealership yeah, first. Of his car dealership. But it's funny because this whole time you're watching him with his plan, and he's like, you know, this is what he wants. He's got the family, he's got the thing and stuff. Except when it like comes down to it, he goes in his closet and he's like, here, he's got the, he's got his go bags. Yeah. Like yeah. Oh yeah. He's. It's not like this guy. This guy is. Well, he no, spots the heat around the corner. Spots the heat around the but corner. But I'm just saying that this guy's not like a guy. He didn't like get in. You know, get his life that he wanted, and then go like. Well, then, I'm out. Yeah. And then go like, well, I don't need to have my my backup my plan anymore he's still like there was always that part of him that was like this is probably not because maybe not work out so yeah. as soon as this happens he's like here's a here's a bag here's a bag of well, like four hundred thousand dollars bunch of money go well, raise this kid somewhere uh and then he blows up his fucking house as, as as people say multiple times in miami vice time is luck time is luck <laughs> that's right and uh yeah and then he just goes sneaks into robert prosky's house Kills, kills, kills fucking everybody. Kills Dennis. Kills Deepish Farina. Ah, you fucking shot me there, buddy. Fucking shot that me there. scene where he's sitting there, uh, where there, he breaks in their house too is funny because it's uh, Prosky and the other guy. I don't know who the other actor is, but he's like a, another, you know, he's like one of his underlings who like he first confronts who's like yeah, a yeah. dickhead, Chicago dickhead. But they're just sitting in this room across from each other like reading newspapers or something. He's Socks like, on. I'm going to, yeah. And it's just I'm like, going to get some milk. It's so funny. It's like, yeah, you I'm going to go, get, you want some milk? I really like that shot like, of the guy Pouring the milk into the into the glass. It reminded me of that bit in The Simpsons where it's uh, where, where the guy goes. Uh, a new trend is sweeping the nation, wasting food. Wasting food. The way the guy turns and looks at the camera as he's like scraping the turkey into the trash can. <laughs> huh? That's like the guy pouring milk into the glass. He's like really into. He's excited no, he's about this milk. He's yeah, so he's smiling while yeah. he's pouring the milk. This is going to be a tasty treat. It's and just you know such what? a boring that, setup. That's like, what I'm like. I yeah. love a glass of milk. Wow, <laughs> gross. I know. No. I know it's well, gross to people. I can't, but it's still disgusting. I think it's gross. Everybody in the the world thinks it's gross now. It's delicious. No, it, I know other it people. It does a body good. I know other people, yeah. I, but I think it's so funny because it's just set. It's just such a boring domestic yeah. scene between these two crooks sitting there. Yeah. Like, just sitting. And Everything's like going to be fine. You know, and he sees his wife in the other room and when James Conn comes in, he's got the gun and she just kind of looks over and then looks back away at the TV or whatever she's doing. Like, ah, uh, whatever. Another fucking guy with a gun in here. This guy's going to... Either that or she's just like, whatever. Yeah. I don't fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> Go kill, go kill him. Uh, yeah, and then he does. Yeah, blows blows, blows, blows Prosky's fucking brains out, and then all this havoc spills out into the streets, and that's and that's when Farina shows up. Farina shoots Got him, him. Fucking shotgun. And you, yeah, and, you th- and you sort of think for a little while that it's going to be like a sort of like kamikaze situation. You're like, oh, now he's going down. He got shot, and then he blows Farina away on his way down. Takes another couple guys out. Yeah. And then like you're like, Jesus Christ, that really went <laughs> that really went bad. And that's it. And then he like turns out he had a, of course, had a uh, right. a bulletproof vest on the whole time. Takes it off, walks down the street. Camera pans up. Monsters dead. Roll credits. I also love it anytime <laughs> a movie. Uh, the, the, instead of going to credits, it goes to the title first and then credits. Is like that what that? Oh yes. Yeah. Always like what to see the title movie. after your your baller ending. Although I've noticed a trend in in movies these days where they don't put the title at the beginning and then they put it at the end, which I hate. Yeah. Because hmm. I'm like, just put your fucking title at the beginning. Have a it title de- card. It depends. Have a title I card. See do it at the beginning. And I mean, the there's end. a title card at the beginning of the movie too. I just oh, no, like no. it when the movie cuts to the oh, title. No. I do too. I'm just saying. Yeah. Nowadays, I've noticed movies, even movies I like, where it like 
I'll be like, they didn't have a fucking title card at the beginning of this movie, and then they'll have it at the end. You're like, oh, cute. So like, because you got to get all the way to the end before he goes. And now that was the movie. You're like, fuck off. Yeah. Okay. Have you seen that new movie, Drive My Car? I have not. Did they do that? Super, no, no. <laughs> it's different. It's movie's awesome, by the way. Uh, it's winning all these awards. Yeah. Deservedly so. The opening there are there's full opening credits in it, but they don't start till 40 minutes into the movie. I like that. See, that's fine too. It's like also like a three hour movie, but. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's great. Go so see anyway, it. Yeah, cool so, that, move. so that's Thief. Uh, uh, this is uh, <laughs> like they just just to put a really fine point on how much of an evil bad guy Robert Prosky is. This is when it finally kind of comes out just how bad he is because we obviously don't think he's a great guy, but he's pretty he presents himself as very friendly. Like ah, you know I'm a criminal like you, but I'm here to help, and we're all we're we're gonna be parts of each other's families, you know, like sort of thing. Yeah, we're all friends here, but this is when he's fully turns against him. And he's <laughs> I'll put your cunt wife out on the street to be fucked in the ass by N-words and Puerto Ricans. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> You're like, that's a bad guy. That that's is, a very bad also, guy. That's also some salty talk from Santa Claus. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> then they dump Jim Belushi's body into some, like, fucking boiling oil or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think it's He's one of the, dead at that point. I think it's one of the oil drums from the fucking counselor. <laughs> it's just going to be in the back of a truck for the next 40 years driving around Mexico. It's, no, it's, an, acid, it's an acid no, it's, pool it's, like it's, in House on Haunted Hill. Yeah, it's fucking boiling. Whatever it is, it's going <laughs> to boil away all of that guy. He's gone. <laughs> He's no more. Just a couple of little recurring things. He's just going to be left with just gonna like a bong resin left over from Jim Belushi. <laughs> <laughs> Just a couple of recurring things that we uh, see later on in Michael Mann's uh, movies, as we discussed in Last of the Mohicans. Uh, this is the part in Thief where he's just looking at Tuesday Weld, and she goes, what are you looking at? And he goes, you, which is a thing that happens in Last of the Mohicans. Yeah. And then- It's, uh, not, as, it's not as smoldery or hot. No, no, no. It's more like uh, like domestic it's or cute. something. But it's like just a little- But in James Conn and her looking at each other, I don't. it's not the horniest thing ever. Uh, if that slob was a penologist, I'm a jet airplane pilot. Uh, and they, he, someone uses the term penologist in Heat as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, there, man, there are so many fucking rhymes between this movie and Heat. It's yeah. just like it yeah. would be, it would be wa- a waste of energy to cut to catalog them all because they're just endless. My favorite one. I was telling Kevin this on the way over here. My favorite one is uh, in Heat. They, uh, there's a scene where where they're like, oh, they dumped our surveillance. It's probably on a bus to Des Moines. And then in this movie, that is exactly what they do with the bugs That's that right. the cops put on. It they cuts put them, to a bus. It cuts to a bus, and the bus is going to Des Moines. I think that that is fucking <laughs> awesome. And this is like uh, Michael Mann's entire um, business model. And this is what Prosky says when he's describing his kind of operation. Everybody's business-like. Everyone's an adult. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Everybody's business-like. Everyone's an adult. The Michael Mann story. <laughs> uh, ratings. true. Five Judds. Damn. Masterpiece. It's just a masterpiece. Five Judds. Uh, I don't know about Douglas's here. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to get into Douglas's. There on, is a sex the scene stuff, but then of them, there's nothing ever really it's not sle- graphic. There's nothing really ever sleazy in any of these. I mean, maybe in Manhunter. Mm, Manhunter. Uh, yeah, Manhunter gets a little creepy. Uh, I would. Yeah, I don't I'm gonna give it one. I'm gonna give it one. Okay. One Douglas. I think one is warranted. Sure. Yeah. There's some. There's some salty talk. Yeah. I guess. Uh, oh, uh, at one point uh, they're pl- when they're frolicking on the beach, Jim Belushi's yeah, uh, girl- wife topless. or girlfriend is topless. Yeah. It's from behind, though. very briefly. And he tackles, he like leg tackles her. Yeah, like, Jesus, that's what you that's do. Kind of dangerous. He's a fun guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my legs right out from under me. <laughs> Talk about getting swept off your feet, huh? Hey-o. 
swept away. Oh, anyway, uh, so yeah, one Douglas, and I'm gonna give it uh, ten out of ten. Fucking thermal lances, man. God I mean, I don't damn. have a choice. I know. Just one of the one of the coolest things you'll ever see in a movie. Ever. Yeah, amazing. Uh, I'm gonna give it four and a half. Give it four and a half fucking juds. Uh, I, I was gonna go with four, and I think uh, we talked we talked me into four and a half. I mean. There's just some stuff in the middle that it's, it slows down. I do I do think it's well done, um, but you know I mean what four and a half is a really good Greg. What do you want? What do you want from me? <laughs> I'm gonna give it uh, one, Douglas, for yeah. the you know just the sca- scattering of stuff here and there. There's the there's a kind of tight close up, artfully shot sex scene, but you don't like see anything. No. You don't see any thrusting, <laughs> like you want. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm going to give it uh, two shotgun blasts to Jim Belushi, <laughs> one on the ground, one in the air. Um, shit, what am I going to give it then? Uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm even at five, five Juds. Uh, I think last time I watched this, I probably would have been like four, four and a half. But this time I was just like the whole way through. I'm like, nope, this is just five. This is Fuck yeah. Great. This is great. I'm going to be ordering five. this on Blu-ray. Uh, the... Uh, yeah, I'll give it. I'll give it one, Douglas. Also, just because of the, just because of that. <coughs> you know, it's like, it's, so it warrants one. Right. Yeah, it's got. Some, it's, it warrants something. And I'm gonna give it. Uh, let's see, what's give it five, five alarms they have to get through. <laughs> <laughs> there there, there are five, aren't there? There's five of them. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. That, that's a ball part the of the last Robert one. It's a know. mystery. You guys took the good ones, so I was trying to think of what's another funny thing in here. One baby that Robert Prosky buys for them, <laughs> 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 and then and then holds it against them when he's like oh, wants him on under his thumb. I wanted to point out one tiny thing. Uh, one tiny thing. One, just one little thing there, buddy. <laughs> uh, point out one thing. Oh, just thing. one little one thing. Of, one of the guys that's in the. Sorry. Uh, Michael Paul Chan pops up. He's a he's an occasional uh, Michael Mann background guy. He's the camera dude in The Insider, Pacino's camera guy. Okay. Oh yeah. He's in Manhunter, briefly, and uh, in this one, he's the waiter at the Chinese restaurant who is like, "What's your ba- what's your baby's name?" Yeah. Oh. And he was in U.S. Marshals. He's one of the bad guys in U.S. Marshals. But he's he pops up in a lot of shit, and he's right. he's one he's of man's at that restaurant. He's like, "What's your baby's name?" And they're like, "We don't know." And then, then then they decide what his name is. They come back and go, "Well, now we know." We didn't talk about. I should have said one Willie Nelson. We didn't really talk about Willie, Willie Nelson. Nelson at all. We totally Willie forgot Nelson about Willie Nelson. In this, and it's and it's just a couple scenes, but it's awesome. And it's he's his, like his his, his, his prison his, mentor. He's like his yeah. guru, father and, figure. Yeah, and the scene where he di- he gets out of prison and he immediately dies. dies. But he just all he wanted to do was get out of prison, and yeah. he got him out of prison. That also that scene with the at the court. Where the guy, the, yeah, yeah, where they're paying off the judge to and to let him like, out. He's like keeps holding up the fingers for how much, and the judge is like mm, this much. He's like, all right, it's gonna so be this corrupt. much. So corrupt, yeah. It's so great. Anyway, anyway, moving so, on to a different kind of corruption. 1986's Manhunter. Yeah, Manhunter. Intruder entered through kitchen sliding door. Nationwide victims. Yeah, this is Will Graham of the FBI. One killer. This is what the subject's teeth look like. Have you ever seen Blood on the Moonlight Well? I adore this movie so much. I have seen this so many times over the years. One of my favorite films. I think this movie's really good. <laughs> I don't like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I never have. I think that this is like a tremendous piece of stylized uh, thriller work. It's just like there's, there's 
This movie is so unusually photographed and so strange looking and so oddly paced. There is literally nothing I can compare it to except other Michael Mann movies. One of the one of the coolest things about this movie, I think, is the uh, the lighting is because like at least in these other two movies, and it's noirish a little bit, but it's like there's it's like dark and the shadows and st- and and uh, Manhunter takes place almost entirely in like brightly lit rooms mm-hmm. everything's white everything's white and like i mean not only hannibal lecter's you know cell the place the, but like the, the, the place uh the office or yeah, wherever, the op- yeah it's where they which, do the forensics and which stuff. i think is cool it's all very like well it's all just very well lit in to it's, use a, it's all a, got these all these sharp lines this very like 80s pop aesthetic oh yeah it's and, like a nagel movie or uh, yeah. like nagel print come to 100%. life 100 percent. and it's all <laughs> vaporware the whole the I, whole I, thing I, yeah. is completely organized around the the I, literally the idea of seeing stuff of looking at things reflections mirrors perspective shifts everything it's all the, that's like the it's like the mountains in the sound of music it's like the grid in west side story like the whole visual organization of the movie is around that there's even that amazing dream sequence where he's imagining being on the boat with his wife. And it's all different shots from perspectives, and it's all organized around him staring into the camera at you, at her. The act of being seen and seeing it drives the entire movie. Mm. And it drives the killer. That's yeah. for that's for damn sure. Uh, who's who's I, who is great? The amazing Tom Noonan. Yeah. Tom uh, Noonan fucking rules in it. Joan Allen? Joan, Joan Allen, Allen fantastic. A young uh, Joan Allen. My probably my favorite scene in the movie is the tiger, the tiger scene. I am very fond of saying that, so that, that taking the blind lady to pet the sedated tiger on your first date is the baller first date move of all time. Who wouldn't like that? I mean, I would like that myself. I but, would be crying too. Yeah. That but that's a beautiful I find scene. Find that very relatable. Where, where she's where she's crying <laughs> over the tiger. It's so gorgeous. Hopefully she's touching its teeth. Yeah. Oh, Hopefully man. that's the only thing you find relatable with this character. Yeah. Oh, uh, also he also we're both really tall. <laughs> yeah. And we like uh you like Blake. Iron, iron butterfly. You like murdering people and then <laughs> touching their eyeballs. I do like Blake. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I actually have a Tangerine Dream, a- Dream album that is all William Blake poetry read over Tangerine Dream music. Really? That's a real thing that I have. That's cool. Yeah, it is cool. It's that's one the, of the one, one of the better that's finds. That's the one scene that's in the Brett Ratner Red Dragon that's not in this that I think is actually really fucking cool. And it's when uh, the Dollar Hide character goes to the museum where they have the actual Blake painting. It's Ray Fine. Yes. And he pulls out a little blackjack. Like, where'd you get that thing? Sent away? Sent away. And he, like, whacks the lady, knocks her out, takes the painting out of the thing, and eats it. It's uh, yeah. really fucking scary. I didn't scary. like that movie, but I did recall thinking that that, uh, that made an impression <laughs> no, on That me. movie is bad, like, but I was like, holy that's shit, wild. that's fucking cool. <laughs> that dude uh, is committed. Uh, uh, this is one of the, yeah. I, based not, on the Thomas Harris book, Red Dragon. Yeah. My yep. only, my only like, I mean, I love, I think that, like, uh, Noonan is such inspired casting because Ray Fiennes is a great actor, but I don't like. I it's just like he's he's Ray Fiennes. He's it's still a good looking. He's yeah. like like Tom Noonan is a guy where you see him and you go, yeah. I mean, it right. works. He's visually. different looking. Yeah, and you understand. Ray Fiennes in that movie is like fucking brolic, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, um, I'm a fan of Edward Norton, but also I don't love William Peterson in this movie. And I don't, I don't like, think that's he's one I don't of my think problems. He's very it. good. In general, but I, I mean, don't like I do, William Peterson. I do like the two movies that he's in. Uh, the only two I can think of are this uh, "To Live and Die in L.A." Yeah. I'm sure like, he's in other movies. I don't movies, like him in that either. But I don't particularly like him in that. But I li- I do like both of those movies. Mm-hmm. If that like, it, despite him being the center of both of those movies, and, and sort of an 
I think he's just sort of not good. Uh, but he's, I mean, he's perfectly fine in something like CSI. I think he wears the same <laughs> weird 80s mini shorts in both movies. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> very strange. I think, I think Peterson, like, I really think he's very, very good in this movie, mm. but I know what you're talking about. I just think he's, I think he's like, his intensity is so up there that it feels contrived. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Never, ne- I, I always thought it was fun. Like, I laugh when he says, didn't you, you son of a bitch? Yeah, well, that is funny, go- but I fucking love that line. Yeah. I'm I, just like, you've seen these films, haven't you, my man? When he's so I, awesome, God. He's, I mean, the, <laughs> I, I find I that just the character ecstatic. is good. I just, I just like his. It, it just, uh, it doesn't like. I don't click with. I've seen this movie like three times, and I'd never have clicked with William Peterson as the as the center of it. You know, like I don't like he's. I'm. I get it. He's, he is playing the character who's intense and who's becoming obsessed with. But I'm just yeah. never like. Mm. Also, like as far as like. Uh, uh, female or wife characters in man movies. Nobody has ever had a more thankless role than the <laughs> wife in this, whose job is to show up and be like, mm-hmm, "Amy Brenneman, I'm proud of you." I'm Amy Brenneman. No, no, no. She's, no. she's got gonna, a we'll, worse. Ta- we'll talk about that. This, this lady's lady, got a This way lady worse. has nothing. She literally is like, "I'm." Oh, she's essentially she's his like, wife. She's essentially like, with I am okay with you doing all this now stuff. Let's have like, sex. there's never any part where she's like, "She's." I'm worried about you. It's all it, like her whole her whole existence is to be a support for this for this man. Character. Yeah, she doesn't. You never feel any that she exists. She on actually, any other she world. actually has more conversations with other people about him than she does with him. Yeah, it's I don't know. I, I passed the Bechdel test. It was uh, <laughs> not even close. And I'm not <laughs> and I'm not saying that the ones in Heat, a movie I adore, are. Man, I were talking about this on the way over. Are like strong necessarily like totally three dimensional. Yeah. But this one, I was sort of like, Jesus Christ, give her like. Some something like I don't I do not believe that that character exists outside of the frame yeah. any in any way like she goes into a, a little closet and shuts down until like <laughs> until like his until a phone call from him and she goes, powers back up and goes I am in the movie again yes you are great I love you or whatever she's totemic for him as like an anchor point that's what's that's how she's yeah, yeah. portrayed in Kim, the movie Kim I, 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 that's my point though is that yeah, she's, yeah. A, she's a prop she's no, not a 100% uh, she's not a, a, a person I, I do think it's notable and the kid sucks that, too that is that as far as I can think of and I might be forgetting one or two one example maybe but I don't think I am this is the only Michael Mann protagonist with a stable marriage and a child yeah yeah, and I, mean, I, w- I was also like, because uh, I watched these <laughs> in chronological order, and it was like in this this early period, it's like Michael Mann was really going bullish on the supportive uh, wives, because mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. he really flips that over, and and that same same lady plays two non-supportive wives in Heat and in Insider, Diane, Diane Venora, yeah, who right. are like, no, I don't like most any of, of this. Most of the women in his movies are are very supportive of their male protagonists. And I'm uh, not saying that, like, whether they should be... I'm not saying that it's, like, it's better or worse if they're supportive or no, not supportive. No, no. I just mean... She has no dimension. There's no. There's nothing to this character. Yeah. Like, you could take her out of the movie... And it actually wouldn't make a difference, except there wouldn't be a sex scene. You could <laughs> replace it. Scenes. You could replace her character with another character entirely. That's like, hi, I'm here. T- I'm a bartender who's going to <laughs> who's going to tell you you're good at your job or whatever. It really doesn't. I don't know. He should just have a bunch a of dogs. His, there's a scene with his son too, you know, and it just. I don't know. It they was, replaced her with 14 dogs on the TV show. <laughs> 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 also, it's so funny watching these this Hannibal Le- this this first Hannibal Lecter movie with the other ones, mm-hmm. you know, in in out there is because it's so interesting just to go like, oh, this was you know at the time 
this was how this was the only Hannibal Lecter thing, and you know, it's Brian been, Cox been, would definitely be my favorite of the Lecters. Fuck off, Will. Uh, I fuck off, Will Graham. Uh, I, I think, I think I, he's even better than Mads. I prefer. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I like, I like Hopkins and Sounds of the Lambs. I love Hopkins and Sounds of the Lambs. I just think Brian Cox is doing something a little scarier. I yeah. think, I think they're all great. I think, I think Cox is good. I. I don't. I never feel scared, but he's. Cool. I think he's cool. Yeah. I think he's cool. Uh, he's not creating the the same sort of mythology that Anthony. Or it's not even written the same way that that the no, character it's totally in Silence different of the Lambs is. Of the no, and but the Mads one is. T- he's really so great different. in it. The Mads one is so different from either of those that it's like. But he definitely but, has that way of talking that must that clearly yeah. comes from the Thomas Harris where he's always. Let me have the he's file. a bitch. I'll tell you what I think. <laughs> he's a total bitch. Yeah. <laughs> he's always like, oh well, you're using a aftershave that a kid would use. Because it's got a boat on the on the on the bottle, doesn't it? You're like, oh man, got him, got him, Hannibal. <laughs> I mean, and this is like one of the first like these kind of this serial killer mm-hmm. like movies where the you know serial killers like given the given the the cop guy a run for his money and playing him and stuff. And it has like you know a, it's not just like a cop guy like the per, the perspective that it has on what he does is very unusual. It's sort of the whole thing is that you know he's a forensic profiler who in order to do his job like has this tremendous empathy and like puts himself in the killer's headspace in typical michael mann fashion it got it, he got too close oh, yes. well, yeah. you know we didn't know which way it was up it was in too deep yeah uh and then but he did this to catch a guy firstly he catches a guy named garrick jacob hobbs who is a like a famous serial killer in that thomas harris world and yeah, we see him on the show he's on the show yeah and then he and then he catches lector and lector seriously wounds him like cuts him up really bad yeah and he was in the hospital for a while. Then he was in the loony bin. And the mental, and yeah, he was in a mental hospital for a long time. And and now he's and he's been retired. But this uh, this the new killer, this new killer of a tooth fairy, has has made Jack Crawford, Dennis Farina, deep dishes back. Mm, yeah, deep, and I need deep you dishes. To Jack get Crawford, out of retirement. Baby. I need you to help me find the tooth fairy. He's eating, <laughs> he's eating these families. He's killing their dogs. Deep dishes I don't know how you ma- I don't know how you managed to afford this house on the fucking, on the beach, fucking here. beach here. I'm assuming your wife is independently wealthy or That's, something. It's there. Florida in the 80s, she though. Might, you know, she, there's she probably a lot of cocaine money around here or whatever. You. Hey, if you got a little cocaine business on the side, that's none of my goddamn business. Nose candy, a little Bolivian marching powder. Hey, there's you nothing know? Long, wrong with a little hey hey every now and again. A little yayo. <laughs> it was the 80s, you know. It was, Keeps uh, you right on the edge where I got to be. Sharp where you got to be, you, you know. Could, you could buy a house in the 80s, right? <laughs> yeah. Presumably. Yeah. I don't know. I guess. Back, you, could put, you could buy a house here in the 80s for like 60 grand. Isn't that fucking crazy? <laughs> that's just insane. That's all those people that have those million-dollar homes, like all over Ballard. That's how what they paid for them back I, in the fucking eighties. I worked hard at as at a paper route to get this house. Exactly. I'll have you know, I had a paper route for four house. years. Anywho, uh, <laughs> Farina's yeah. in this a lot, uh, but he's hunting he's after the, he's hunting after the tooth fairy. Yes, who the Jack is, Crawford's is uh, been, through the era or Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, uh, Farina, D- Scott uh, Glenn, Harvey Keitel, yeah, and Scott Glenn, of course, my, my favorite. favorite. Scott Glenn, Scott Glenn, fucking rules. Scott but, Glenn, but it's Farina's Farina. I mean, Scott Glenn and Hannibal also. Uh, no, no, just Crawford doesn't appear in Hannibal. And then, and then Scott Glenn de- declined coming back to Red Dragon because those are all supposed to take place in the same. <laughs> Nobody re- uh, universe, only, right? only Anthony Hopkins repeated in Red Dragon, I think. Well, but uh, none, none, the none, only I mean, characters oh, no, that repeat uh, are Barney. Frankie, Frankie Faison, who is in this too. Yes, he is, but not as Barney. Yeah, he's great. Uh, anytime Frankie Faison. Yeah, always up, happy to like, see yeah. him. But I was watching it again. I'm like, oh yeah, he's in this too. That's great. So he's <laughs> technically, I think he's technically in all of them because I think he's in Hannibal Rising too. But I'm not positive about that. 
Well, we may find out. We may later find on. out at some point. Mm. Um, God help us. Yeah, but all and so yeah. So this this guy, the Tooth Fairy, Francis Dollarhide, we find out is 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 killing families. He is uh, murdering the families, posing their bodies, and placing shards of mirror in their eyes. And uh, he kills on a lunar cycle, and so they have X amount of time before the next the next family they think will be will be killed. Like a werewolf, but they don't really ever say that, I don't think. Right. But they should. <laughs> someone should. Like a werewolf. Just have someone say that. Mm-hmm. Just, it's, just get it out hey, there. Hey, that's just like a werewolf. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right, you're right. All right, anyways, moving on. Moving on. Definitely like a werewolf. All right, we covered it. <laughs> <laughs> but he really adheres to that, and, and they said it as the timeline. Seems like he could break out of it at any time, but like this, is, this movie, you know, the Thomas Harris stuff has a certain romanticism towards these uh, killers where well, they, like, they mean, really do adhere to their... His whole yeah, thing is like he's, he's he thinks he's possessed and going to transform into this this yes. other thing. He does not consider he does not call himself the Tooth Fairy. No, he doesn't <laughs> he like that at all. The Red Dragon. Yeah. And boy, oh boy, does he not like being called gay? No, that's, no, a, that's he, another thing. If you if you do that and you print it, he'll burn you. He'll burn you into in a wheelchair and push you right at the camera. Very mad about you, that. It's Stephen Lang. Uh, he'll push you directly into the camera. Stephen Lang, who famously fought all those dinosaurs on that planet. Terra Nova. Terra Nova. This dinosaur's Lang, a coward. Eat your eyes for Eat your jujubes. Eyes for jujubes. <laughs> he does call a dinosaur a fucking coward in that show. <laughs> uh, a terrible Freddie Lowndes in this. I, don't, I do not like, I like Freddie Lowndes. I like Lang, but I love Stephen Lang. He's fucking obnoxious in this movie. He's great. I mean, he's supposed to be obnoxious, but it's like... Crawford always thrill. Ugh. He just comes in, hey, I'm the fucking asshole. If I get killed, it's all right. Don't worry about that, because I'm a piece of shit, baby. It's, it's oh. worth it for that scene where Dollar Hyde has him tied up, and then That's also- so That scary. is a good scene. And then, also, then, the, and then the scene where uh, he his his flaming wheelchair gets pushed directly into the camera, which is great, because you, 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 you see it. It like hits ah. the end of the shot is him hitting the, ca- hitting the camera, and it's just this fucking <laughs> engulfed yeah. in flames. It's an amazing shot. Yeah, it's also, to me, it's always been fun, that because I feel like Graham is setting him up. You know, because yeah. he hates him. Because he snuck into his hospital room when he was all fucked up and put published pictures of him in his hospital room. That's right. For a... And you deserve to die for that. <laughs> it's pretty fucked up. <laughs> Horribly. The uh, That scene where he's I like, you owe me am. all. Yeah, here I am. But it, as... as but that's that's where the big theme starts to really pop up in the dialogue too because he's got Lowndes tied to the chair and he's like showing him pictures of the families, showing him pictures of the red dragon and he keeps going, do you see, do you see, do you see, do you see? all the time. Graham has that dream about his wife in the boat, and then he, he's do, he's falling asleep on the plane, and he's got the pictures of the families, the dead, you know, their dead bodies on on the like the tray in front of him. That little girl gets freaked out. <laughs> you know, he's just like it's it's all about that act of seeing. He goes into their houses. And he like imagines himself in the shoes of the killer, and and like. Well, I mean, he's, he's dreaming. He's he's you know he uh, casing them by by like watching films. Of, oh yeah, and of, so but I, I meant their... I meant I meant Graham is going into their oh, houses oh, oh, and, oh. and imagining oh, that right. he is the killer and, oh, and yeah, yeah. putting himself through that. And then he goes and he watches the tapes, and the tapes turn into the, the ultimate clue. That fucking scene. At but the I mean, but so I mean, that's how the killers like. Yeah, he's them, casing is, them. Is casing them because he works at a film developing company. Watching their home movies. Yeah. They do. They do like one pretty major scene in this movie where he's really just like piecing it together from his own perspective. Yeah. And they make the whole TV show out of that, which I love. Yeah. Like the first thing that you see in Hannibal the TV show is they do the windshield wiper. Yeah, yeah. Of Doom, where he's reconstructing the crime scene backwards, but he's doing it from his own perspective. Yeah. And I fucking love it. 
uh, and and it's good in this movie, and that's obviously the sort that's where where it comes from and stuff. But you know, I mean, it's not, not like as it's not as me. it's clearly not like the show. But yeah, I you know I like that scene where he's like up in the tree and he's like just basically casing the whole property Didn't after you the murders. Oh man, I love that shit. I can't get enough of that. It's such it's such like quintessential Michael Mann when it shows up in Black Hat. Oh god, Chef's kiss. <laughs> the uh, the pleasures for me of this movie are like almost entirely visual. Mm-hmm. And and I like I do like a lot of the a lot of the music choices are, are weird and interesting. And I mean I you know this is Michael Mann always is going to have one fucking set piece that I think is amazing per movie and I think that the climax is awesome in this with the uh the iron butterfly that's so <laughs> iron cool. butterfly I uh, love that scene it's so it's just so cool that and shot like, where like the it's right about to ramp up into the climax of the of the song and it's like the like yeah. he's running in slow motion towards the window and you're just like oh my god and then he <laughs> smashes in right when the guitar comes on it's so cool it's just like uh, I mean what can you do with uh, with you know opinions and subjective stuff but like it's uh, this stuff's just fucking silly to me oh really I think it's I don't think a movie looks good I mean I appreciate that it's hyper stylized and this is all yeah. on purpose but it doesn't work for me yeah I don't like the whites I do like when Mike do- Mike uh, Mike well, try Mr. Man. <laughs> try Mr. Man. <laughs> try Mr. Mike. <laughs> I do like when Michael Mann does the. Like, I the love blues. it if you met Michael Mann, just go up to go. Hey, Mike, what's up? You yeah, like the, the, you like the cool blue stuff. The cool blue stuff from like Thief and Heat and stuff yeah. like that. But like yeah, yeah. They're, all the white, the places where they're shot white, they look just cheap to me. I, I just think it's I, I think that cell that Hannibal Lecter's in looks just like shit. I don't it's like a museum it at all. in Atlanta. Yeah, they're shooting in the top floor of a museum. Yeah. And he has to run, like almost kind of built like the Guggenheim, uh-huh, where he has like to sprint the thing, all the way yeah. down these stairs. To, I love that because he's scene, so afraid though. of Hannibal Lecter. It's weird because like I think, I think one of the reasons that I respond to this movie so heavily is that, like I said when we were talking about Thief, you know, he's very concerned with the interiority of these guys, and this one I think more than any of his other films is like in an almost fantastical space. Yes, like. It's so stylized. You, it's like you might you might want to say if you wanted to get pretentious that it that it exists entirely in Graham's brain. You know what I mean? Not literally that like it's a dream or something, but like the space is like it, it's turned it's turned his like his horrible twisted up mind into a more liminal tactile space. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, because in the other two movies that we're talking about this episode, it's like very he's he's being very real to real. Like where people where things are happening is where right. these characters would ha- where this would happen. This is where this character you bu- you believe that's where yes. that character lives. Here is L- here is fucking L A. I'm going to make this L A. crime saga. Yeah, right, there. and Travis yeah. points out, you know, like. Uh, or what? Or you point? What are you guys pointing out? You live in this fucking house, you right? Kind of almost go like, you know, I don't know if I believe that that right. that Will Graham lives in that house. I, he I could believe be corrupt. We live on the or beach, he or whatever. Could be from uh, money. Right. Yeah, yeah, or maybe you know, maybe yeah, it's his we dad, don't find it's out. It's his dad's house or whatever. Yeah, he got it handed down to him. <laughs> we, it's it's not, not not necessary, but it is like this. This movie is takes place in spaces that like. Clearly, they were like, "This looks cool. Let's yeah. film this." Here. And it was also in at the height of his Miami Vice period too. So he is. That's and true. This is following the keep. He is doing the MTV stuff. The keep another movie that like looks really cool, but also looks kind of cheap, kind of cheap right. sometimes. Yeah, where you're like, you're like a lot of time where you're kind of like, ah, you didn't really. And that movie's very that movie's spare in a way. I don't. know, This almost seems like him like washing his hands of that, where he's like, I don't want to have to do any of that yeah, fantasy yeah. shit ever again. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> Jesus what was Christ. I thinking? You know, they've all got to do one. David Lynch did Dune and was sure. like, "Whoops, 
<laughs> don't I don't want to do that ever again. Hey, Dune, it's me, David. <laughs> want to be a movie of me? <laughs> he sure did good at certain parts of it, though. You got to give no, him. No, but I'm just saying. But you you never see David Lynch trying to do anything like that ever again because no. he clearly didn't like it, and you never see Michael Mann make anything like The Keep, where it's like Too bad. Anything, that's not that's not like. I mean, Manhunter is like you're saying is hyper stylized, but it takes place in the real world. Right, right. And it's like, and it, it involves adults doing like adult business, not a uh, golem versus an angel. <laughs> <laughs> you know? don't, don't forget about the part where he's a pillar of smoke. It's oh, a he's a smoke rug. monster first. Yeah, he's a smoke monster, and then he's a muscle dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's laser eyed muscle dude. And that stuff at the end where he's fighting on the oh man, it's that's some cool shit. That movie, I'm telling you. There, uh, so anyway. you, you watched you watched that again recently? The keep, the keep. I watched it yesterday. Keep, keep, keep that in mind <laughs> when we when we talk about black. All right, I'm out. Uh, Kevin's you, gone. <laughs> do you remember uh, the scene, the shot in the keep where uh, the Nazi soldier actually finds the hole with the keep and he goes in there? Yeah. And then there's that very very long pullback and you see how enormous the space is yeah. underneath them. Just remember that when you watch the opening of Black Hat okay. as, as the data is going through Ooh, the computer. Okay, okay. interesting. Very but see, cool. that's Michael Mann going like, oh, I like that shot. I just don't want it to be attached right, right. to some kind no, no, no. of dumb fantasy bullshit. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I need to uh, attach it to real people doing real things. It's Seriously. Very, it's very interesting. It feel, and it feels like this is the last time that he mm. went quite in quite so far in that direction. And this very much looks like Miami Vice. Like oh, it yeah. looks and feels like it's coming straight from like that that stuff like it's Absolutely. And I think that that vaporware uh, look of it kind of bumps up against the disturbing quality of the uh okay. of the narrative to me where I can't find it unsettling as, as as it's supposed to be. I would agree. I, I think I like this more than you, but I would agree with that that that's why I I I do like how it looks, but it's uh I'm removed from it. Mm-hmm. Like yes. I never, I've never watched this except with the exception of Joan Allen and uh, uh, Noonan, who uh, like really I get me. The rest of it's like sort of just like watching Will Grant. And I think Brian Cox is awesome, but he never like gets under my skin. Mm-hmm. Like I never feel like he's really not in it much. Ooh, that. I le- even his sixty minutes are great that he's in it, but it's also like it, the, he doesn't like get under my skin like like Lecter. Like they keep saying Lecter does. Like mm-hmm. oh, that's Lecter for you. He's just really. Getting in there, and that's why Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs does for me. It's yeah. like, ugh, this guy's like really, really getting getting under there. And ugh. Brian Cox is like, not doesn't do that for me. So I feel removed from a lot of it, except for like the scenes with uh, Dollar Hyde and 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 then also and with with Joan Allen because she's because I, I think she's she's one of those actors who I think is like, hi, I'm in this for five minutes and I'm gonna kind of steal every scene I'm in. Yeah, she's, she's just radiant she's, in this movie, and she's just. But I think she's just awesome in yeah. everything. But yeah, she's so good. And like you said, that tiger scene. Oh my god, you know, and, it's so great. Uh, I mean, so so speaking of a amazing. speaking of a, a character, you know, a woman who's also like a character that's a prop for another man, but also like she's she offered gets, so much dimension. Yeah, there's a lot to and her and some real agency too. She's very horny. It's like the opposite of the of the uh, Will Graham's wife character, who's there, who's who's non entity. She then, actually gets more to do in the mo- in the book actually too, and in the and yeah, in Red Dragon. It's assume, Emily yeah. Watson in Red yeah, Dragon. Yeah, I recall there being more. And there's a really good scene in that where Norton is like consoling her. He's like, "You didn't draw a freak, you know. It's like it's not your fault." Um, but I, one the, another one of the best scenes in this movie is when they're at his at his house after mm-hmm. the after the tiger. Oh yeah, and he's looking at the videos that he's took. She can't see, so she can't be all disturbed by. <laughs> it. She's blind, and he's looking at like the lady's body parts, and then looking over at her body parts. Tremendous. And she's getting horny. She oh, can sort fuck. of maybe sense that. I don't. I don't know. Whatever. He's and he's got he's that doing a bizarre lot. ass house with the big blow up photos of <laughs> outer space yeah. and stuff. Yeah. 
It's I very, love that. Uh, it's uh, it's all this weird collage yeah. of like his walls, and it's, again, it's the act of seeing. Like he puts these things, these images in front of yeah. him all the time. It's, it's a, interesting because Buffalo Bill's house is such a dirt, is such a filthy, like disturbing, right. dark, dank. Like it's got a goddamn like well in the in his basement <laughs> that, especially that you know the basement area where he hangs out. And this, in <laughs> the Tooth Fairy's house is cool. <laughs> So well, like, that's a cool house. That's this whole movie is like every every. It's a not set, even the serial set killer designers like lives in a shitty yeah, house. Yeah. Like the set does. Yeah, the, it's like the set is designed. I think the sets come from the character, like, and they're building those around the character, but they're not necessarily realistic. Right. Like, like postmodern you don't, dead I, tech house. I don't believe. Yeah, I don't believe that that's necessarily the house that this serial killer would sure. live in. But it's like. But the you know the designs coming from the characters are like this is the house that explains his his. That's uh, kind of that liminal space that, I keep, that I'm talking about. The yeah, way yeah. that it's almost it's almost fantastical. It's almost like not. Yeah. It's like one step removed. And I find that interesting, but also I don't. I mean, you I, know, don't care. Right, I don't, you don't, I don't care. Get, you don't I don't care. get wrapped up in it. Yeah. Like these what, other two movies we're talking about are movies that I've seen multiple times, and I <clears> and I'm like I get emotionally wrapped up in in stuff in both of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, this I'm is not the just kind like, of stuff that does get me emotionally wrapped up in Michael Mann's movies more than the characters or the or the narratives. It's all the design. It's all that like hypnodrone stuff. This is like one of his finest of uh, that hmm. sort of that's that strain. I love that stuff. Yeah. To me, I'm just like to me, this is way more of a vibe even than something like Thief. It's definitely a vibe, and you know. That's it. That's the thing about vibes. Yeah, might not be your vibe. Yeah, this, this is, is definitely like not this my is vibe. like imagine this is a real vaporwave vibe. <laughs> imagine imagine <laughs> that's that, not my vibe. that this movie is the tuning fork that Bugs Bunny hits and then you touch it and you vibrate too. <laughs> yeah. Like that's what happens when I watch this movie. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that makes. <laughs> I mean, just for me, like that that, that scene that we were we were talking about at the end where Inagata Davida has been going and uh, and it's building up. It's in the drum solo. Everybody's favorite part of it. <laughs> And he's running in slow mo. That's everybody's just, favorite part. Just even before he goes through the window, like Will Graham is running in super slow mo towards the window, and Francis Dollarhide's not. Yeah, <laughs> and he's kind of, and you're like, whoa, wait. So he he's going way faster than Will Graham, and that, that's that's nitpicking, but whatever. Just like a lot of like a lot of the like you said, like the vibe just yeah. doesn't gel for me. And so then he jumps through the window, which I think is just fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? I can't take this seriously. And he jumps through the window, and you're like, cool, I guess. Right when the music climax, music video shit, you know. And the tooth fairy just catches him and slashes him up and throws him against the refrigerator. Like bad plan, Will Graham. Then he goes around shooting the lights out before he comes back to kill Graham. And then he kills like twelve cops. Yeah, I do love when he throws him against the refrigerator. That's just like so hard. Like the refrigerator practically falls down on top of him. Yeah, and that's why it's so like it's so good. It's like Noonan is such a big dude. Because he's like one of those guys who's who's like can play like a nice guy mm-hmm. and a and just a, the scariest dude ever when he when he picks up <laughs> freddie lounds and uh and uh doses him yeah with the chloroform with the chloroform yeah. he's like lifts three, him off his like feet two feet above the ground yeah <laughs> amazing that's that's cool shit yeah there's cool stuff in this movie but there's a lot in this movie that that i just don't like and never have yeah it's just you know the vibe I'll never get over it that that scene where where he's like watching the videos and he's like you knew it was a Jacoby cat. How'd you know it was a Jacoby's cat? You knew there was a padlock on the door. Why'd you bring the bowl cutters? All that stuff. And then he's like, you've seen these films, haven't you, my man? I fucking love my that. And then, and then when he he's makes Farina call the man. guy down, they call, call the guard at the uh, 
excellent phone work, by the way. He's like, call the guy, call the duty officer down in the in the evidence locker. Freena just picks up the phone. He's like, yeah, yeah, go get the thing. And the guy's like, do you got it? Like, I don't know. This must be extremely well organized <laughs> because they find that shit right away. And then the whole, and then Billy Peterson is looking out the window, touching the glass, looking at his own reflection, and he's like, "Feel the labels back on the film cans. Tell me, tell me what it is." And it's so fucking cool, man. I <laughs> love a, that that's shit. That's a fun. <laughs> that's a fun extra step, where <laughs> the, the, where I, he I, makes Farina make the phone call for him. No, no, no. I, the the, fi- the feel the label back. Oh on yeah, the film, yeah. Where you're just sort of like, we can move. We don't need that because he's like, all right, then check the other film cans. And it's gonna have the same it's got thing. This, like, it's no, got it this doesn't. One. And he's like, oh, but peel the. Fi- just have it be the same. No, one. no, you don't need I, to have the I, fucking. I don't agree. I think it's cooler just because it's like. That's how. That's how I, in the head he is. I think yeah, no, I got him. I think it's cooler just because, like, that's that's like I like details like that. Yeah, yeah. that's why I watch. That's why I like crime stories. You know, you're like it's like that's the details that you go like, oh, okay, so you know, it makes you, that's like where it makes it seem real. Where it's like, oh no, okay, yeah, the guy, they wouldn't. He would know that. Okay, that's cool. just from from my perspective. I'm not liking this movie that much. So you're ready, ready. You're right at that point. You're, you're like, like, yeah, you just added another goddamn <laughs> thing for him. To do. Let's go. But it's also they're, they're gonna be like, there's no, you know what? No, it doesn't say that. But no, you know what? Sometimes they go through three different processes. So pull back another. It's like they're gonna just <laughs> you're like five minutes of them peeling back. Inagata Devita is only a 15 minute song we don't have that much time I in, also, the garden, uh, in the garden of eden in the garden of eden <laughs> by iron butterfly iron butterfly <laughs> i also like uh, some of some good there's some good old fashioned serial killer shit like like cop dialogue that shows up in many many other movies that starts in this one like it's just you and me now sport is pretty famous sport. but uh, but the <laughs> one that's in fucking every serial killer movie started in this one is like he's got a real taste for it now yeah, yeah. Uh, he can't stop now. There's so many. There's so many other good. Like Brian Cox has that great part where he's like, "Have you ever seen blood on the moonlight? Well, it appears quite black." <laughs> Brian Cox has. Uh, <laughs> you ever dance with the devil in a pale moonlight? Yep. Well, one does with if one does what, what God, God does, does enough, enough times, times, one becomes as God is. And then at one point, Brian Cox, my favorite line in the whole movie, "God's a champ." Yeah, <laughs> that whole thing where he's like, he killed 140 people in a Filipino plane crash last week. He sounds so, he sounds like a freshman college student where he's like, "Oh, you like God, do you? Well, how do you explain that people die?" That shit's, that shit's right out of the book. That's very Thomas I'm Harris. I'm sure it is. It's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, that's so dark, Hannibal. God killed more people in an airplane crash. Yeah, okay, sure, sure. sure. Great. That's, well, that's, that's cool. the that's the thing in in that scene though. It's not Hannibal going like, "Here's my perspective on God." He's going like, "Here is the power that God has, and this is yeah, what Dollar Hyde." He thinks it's cool. Yeah, and then and Dollar Hyde, he's like sort of explaining Dollar Hyde's perspective. God, he wants that power. He wants to yes. be able to snuff out these lives, and he wants to be adored, adored for being powerful. But he's really following these disasters, particularly airline disasters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess airlines were just dropping out of the skies around this time. Well, he, the other one is like a roof caved in on somebody. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I do. Uh, I do like some a lot of the. Uh, uh, procedural stuff in this, oh, like, like when the they, fingerprints. And when they stuff. have the note, yeah, and they're like trying to get it. They're trying to get stuff off of it before Lecter figures That's out what's fun. going on, and they have to get it back. I like, I at least like all that stuff. Even though there's a part where there's like a big laser in a room, and I'm like, is I mean, I, I, I'm sure it's a thing, but it was right. like, it's like it looks mostly looks cool, and I'm like, and there's Michael Paul Chan, and then they're looking at the thing, and I'm like, are they? Is that laser necessary, or is that just a cool? Is that just something that right. looks cool? There like, you, like, well, what's this doing? Oh no, we just turned that on because it looks cool. It's a laser that Val Kilmer invented in Real Genius. <laughs> yeah, it looks like. That's what it kept reminding me of that whole scene where they're like in the laser room. Everybody wants some. Real, anybody wants some popcorn? I got this laser. I'm thinking of laser, Real Genius. 
Like they're, I th- it would have been great if they walked out of the walked out of that room just eating bags of popcorn. Bill like, Smith, Bill Smitrovich, by the way, Bill Smitrovich and Chris Elliott on the FBI squad. Oh, okay. So Corky's father from Life Goes On. That's All, right. Also a Chicago guy. Uh, and, uh, and Chris Elliott is in there, too. Chris Elliott. He's the documents right. guy. With a big old beard. And Michael Paul beard. Chan's in it. And I think Piven. Was Piven in this? No, Piven's, no, in, Piven's, heat. Piven's in Heat. That's right. Uh, Piven is in Heat. Just uh, for a second. Wow. Most people don't remember that. <laughs> it's true. I've, I've seen that movie ten times, at least. And uh, he sh- every time he shows up, I'm like, oh, fuck, Piven's in this movie. He should be doing that gay My daughter gave me this tie. He should be doing that gay guy impression <laughs> that he does in Rush Hour 2. Oh, my mm. God. That would be he, yeah, he should always be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think people would hate him that much more. Uh, I also like the scene. Uh, there's a scene that he, he mirrors in Heat in this, too, where uh, he went. He, this is at the climax when he saves Joan Allen. Yeah. Um. And uh, she, he like, she like, embraces him for like longer. It, but that scene where Al Pacino finds the dead girl, yeah, the mom, yeah. in Heat, uh, it's a very similar thing where it's. She's I not don't know, dead, huh? She's not dead. The girl in Heat. Oh, not. Uh, I thought you were talking, you talking about Natalie about? Portman. The, I girl, you, the girl who's been bludgeoned. Sorry, death I thought by you were Wingrove? talking about. I, I thought you were talking dead. about Natalie Portman. Oh no, that's no, no, not that. I just no, no, not that. But the scene where he's like, right, right, the yeah. law enforcement guy, like having to like sort yeah, of yeah. like be there, be, you know, and like whether or not either of those guys like want that, <laughs> yeah. you know. But that's that's like part of like what well, you know. Will Graham seems like he's he's very empathetic, but also like. I don't know if this is what I want. I don't want to feel all your emotions now, too, yeah. lady. There's a scene I just at got the done. end of the director's cut. I don't know which cut you guys watched. I did, where he goes and visits that family. Where he sees the family oh, that's, that's the now living cut. in the house. Yeah. That's not in the that's not on the version yeah. that I watched. The movie that yeah. the, the version I watched ends on the beach with his family. And I was, and I was completely baffled by that. I had to have that explained yeah. to me what was going on. I was like, now he's just talking. Have I met this? Was that the family that he was that he was the family that he was going to kill? It was a family that he's going to kill next. Yeah, right. That's what I thought. But that guy comes to the door with a gun. He's like, "Hey!" He's like, "Oh, it's you!" And then Will Graham's like, "I'm just here to be creepy at you for a few seconds." Yeah, yeah. Okay, bye. Goodbye. You're like, it's oh. we- a weird. T- you know, they cut it, so. But yeah. it's a weird time to introduce. T- <laughs> to, to brand new, it's I, the end of the movie. I can see why he would want to put that back in to, for some thematic closure or yeah, something, yeah. or just like. And also, but, it's that it's also another. It's like an indication that yeah. it's sunk in a little too deep with Graham again. That he's going. He needs to see these people. Yeah, yeah. I don't think the scene itself is is very good. It's, though. it's extraneous. It's weird. It's weird. And I mean, it's so it feels cut back in in the director's cut where you're like, this yeah. was a scene that got cut, and then it's it's like, hi, uh, um, I just came to visit you. I I, I, feel, yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I'm all beat up because a guy threw me into a fridge and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to murder you, though. Uh, that doesn't mean you're not going to die. Someone will murder you, or you'll die in a plane crash or something. You know, God or whatever. <laughs> the director's but, uh, cut that, that I had that, that I saw had all the uh, added back end scenes were not f- rendered for Blu-ray. Right. So yeah. you could easily tell which ones were, and you're like, those are all good cuts. They're all good cuts <laughs> for the most part. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with all those cuts. Yeah, yeah. But it's only—I mean—it's four minutes longer, it's so it's not longer. like a ton of—it's not no. like a ton of stuff. And I just was like, "We're talking about the director. I watched the director's cut, and I honestly haven't seen the re- theatrical cut in so long. I couldn't. I besides if besides knowing that they will look different, like I wouldn't have been able to tell you which scenes were cut. Or yeah, which scenes I'm were not different. sure I would have been able to. Like either. you know, but uh, you know, I don't know. Manhunter. I Man prefer Hunter. the theatrical version anyway. Yeah. Yeah. A little, a little tighter. Yeah. Uh, here's the line. Uh, <laughs> I, I, maybe you can explain this to me. I don't know, but this is—I think this is Will. I can't remember who this is. Possibly Will Graham or uh, Dennis Farina. 
but uh, when they're talking so about how, how, how they're going to bust the talk, the talk like this, then it's Farina. <laughs> I don't yeah. have the accent written into my notes. Oh, you got to write the accent <laughs> in there. Is it dare instead of there? Um, <laughs> what do you think we're going to? What do you think we're going to see him standing in the street and say, "There he is"? That's Houdini you're thinking about. Oh, yeah, I think that, that's Graham. That's Graham. What does that mean? <laughs> Houdini, the guy that was there. He was always right there. There he is. I, it's Houdini. Uh, I'm a big fan of the scene where, where Farina... It's like right before, it. uh, right before Graham <laughs> figures out the shit with the, uh, with, the, with the films. And it's like, you know, supposedly he's going to kill that night or soon. And he's like... And Dennis Farina's like, look, you know, we'll just take a fresh look in the morning. It's too late. We're, we missed it. You know, uh, and, and then he's like, I'll tell you when it's too fucking late, pal. I love that shit. <laughs> There's a part where they, they tried to get some information from Hannibal Lecter, and he and, uh, and he actually gave him a recipe for potato chip dip. <laughs> and you're like, not my Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> potato chip dip? Like the fucking Lipton dip? No. He gave him a recipe for steak au pois or... <laughs> coca van? Yeah, coca van. <laughs> or that, fi- yeah, that little bird that they stuff till oh, it yeah. dies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> some shit like that. Steak tartare. Here's how you prepare a guy who's Potato got chip honeycomb dip. bees in his oh, fucking gonna, lungs. I like f- to dip ruffles in it, Clarice. <laughs> nice and salty. Have you ever had Totito's queso dip? Have you ever had a frito pie, Clarice? <laughs> Census taker tried to give me queso dip once. <laughs> All you do is open the bag of Fritos and put the chili on. You don't even have to put it in a plate, Clarice. Some people, some people reseal the bag and shake it. Not me. <laughs> I make the best Chex Mix. Secret is Worcestershire sauce, Clarice. Pine, pine nuts. The scene. Pine nuts. The scene was like, what? Well, he would put those in there. <laughs> the scene Sweetbreads. Will Graham and his lame son is in the cereal aisle at the grocery store. That's a hell of you a know, scene. And you know how I know his. You know how I know his son is lame. Not only because he's like some lame blonde kid from an '80s movie. You know what his name is? Uh-uh. Fucking Kevin. Yep. You know, no kid in a fucking movie whose name Kevin is anything other than a fucking load or, or a, a or a psycho. Hey Dad, <laughs> are you are you all troubled because of the thing? Shut up! Shut the fuck up! Get this There's shit a, out of here! What the, fuck, fascinating you do, what the scene. fuck are you doing here? It, uh, I Lifted a, wholesale for the Hurt Locker, by the way. Do you think that this is deliberate too, where they're cutting? <laughs> I don't think that kid's named Kevin in that. Yeah. Uh, no, but Jeremy <laughs> Renner's enough of a wad. They're wa- they're walking, so a lot of these scenes. And by the way, a lot like the cereal section goes on and on. Like I want to I want to go to this grocery store. Right? That's a lot of cereal. So it's it's uh, one of those super WalMarts. But they're walking at a certain point. But at a certain point, <laughs> they stop. Mm-hmm. And and you see all the products in the background. Yeah. And they cut back and forth when they're talking. And there's different. And they're in front of different products each yeah. time. Oh, because I just think that's it's a, very. It's just a goof. Okay. I think but, that's, it, but it's so obvious. That's that I'm probably just sort of like is that. Yeah, you're, on you're, purpose and why? You're looking at that because you're bored. <laughs> but it's but it's real huge. I mean, it's very noticeable. I, I mean, I assume that's just because they did multiple takes. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. But it's just <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's Michael Mann. It's such a big thing that I was. It's not like surprised. a bad scene or anything. I just did, I was just like kids in movies like that where you're like, hey, especially Daddy, kids named Kevin. Daddy, uh, what's? Can you give me Daddy, some Daddy. exposition about your inner life? Uh, I, I can and I will in the cereal. Well, the section. psychopath shattered Daddy's <laughs> brain, honey. Okay, cool. Well, I'm glad you're being so frank with me. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to kill myself. I was completely insane. I do I like was cutting that, myself. I do like that about the Will Graham character, though. In this, that he's like, I'm, I'm just going to tell this kid what's what. And you're kind of like, yeah, that's c- cool, but, the, but uh, man, but there man, really man. are monsters out there, aren't there? The, man, the stuff with his Kevin's family be psycho now. bears better fruit in the book. It's in the other movie too. Oh yeah, I'm in the sure. movie or in the other movie in the book, uh, Dollarhide pretends to kill himself in front of Reba, right? But actually, it's another guy's body. It's the it's the dude that he sees her get a ride home with. 
and he kills that guy in in Red Dragon. It's Frank Whaley, by the way. Anyway, uh, wow. So he he leaves that body and allows Reba to think that that he's dead. Burns down his house so they don't have a body. Right. And then because earlier in the movie we know it's all. This is also in Manhunter where Lecter gives Dollarhide Graham's home address in Florida. And yeah, then yeah. so Dollarhide goes to, to Graham's house and attacks his family. Right, right. And there's a scene where, because uh, Dollarhide's pathology is he was abused by his mother and she used to like uh, beat him up and shit and like lock him in a closet for having a cleft palate and for wetting himself. And so when he's confronting Dollarhide at the end of the movie, this, his son is there and he starts, and his son pisses himself because he's terrified. And Graham starts to berate his son about this in front of Dollarhide, and it breaks the spell enough to distract Dollarhide. And then the wife shows up and shoots him. That's in wow. the movie, right? It's in it's in the movie and in the book. Okay. I do remember, but that it's not that. in this. And I think that I'm not saying it's a better or worse ending, but it does pay off the presence of the family in some way that sure. doesn't pay off here. Sure, yeah, yeah. Because you, you feel that you feel that that's going to happen in this, although. I prefer this one because then it's not. It well, then it's go just on over. For another half hour. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> not that I don't. Not that I think this movie's bad, but you're sort of like they spend a lot point, more time point, on Dollarhide. Like, Dollarhide's much more of a uh, an equal protagonist in the in the book than yeah. than as Graham. Yeah. Well, one last line here, uh, very appropriate from Old Will Graham. I'm sick of you, crazy sons of bitches, Lecter. <laughs> <laughs> very well said. Yeah. Well said. I could see that. I can see you getting sick of the crazy Ask sons of bitches after tombstone. a little while. Yep. He was yeah. sick of those crazy sons of bitches. <laughs> Amen, brother. Father, husband. <laughs> sick of father these crazy to, father sons to of Kevin, bitches. husband to some lady. The salt of the earth. <laughs> sick of crazy sons of sick bitches. Sick of crazy sons of bitches. <laughs> Ratings. Five Juds. Jesus. Damn. I think this is a total masterpiece. Damn. I'll never get over it. One of my favorite movies. I've watched this. So, I... I I have probably seen this movie 50, 60 times. Amazing. I've, I watched it over and over as a kid. I'm just in love with it. I've been in love with it forever. Uh, so, yeah, five five Juds. Flawless. A masterpiece. That uh, explains your pathology. Yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it one. No, I'm going to give it two Juds. Not because it's particularly sleazy or anything, but there's some sexy shit in the, the polar tiger thing. It's just very erotic. And the scene following it where he's yeah. just like staring at body staring And she at like she, and she horns up on him. That's pretty yeah. cool. I think all the stuff where he's like, with her and him is a little a little creepy only because like if you step if you watch it you're going oh this is a nice scene where he's falling in love with this lady and then you step back and go like that guy's a fucking psychopath he's a psycho and he's killer, serial right? killer yeah. and this is this is and maybe nobody has ever touched him this before is very creepy oh, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure so, you know it's all very um so yeah and then I'm gonna give it ten out of ten uh extra labels on those film cans <laughs> <laughs> peel it back baby yeah. peel it back got a real taste for it now <laughs> seen these movies haven't you my man. <laughs> Uh, so good. Two and a half. Wow. Two and a half Juds. Oh, that's a shame. And honestly, I kind of like it a little less than that, but it is a, I mean, it's fucking Michael Man, It's not like a badly made movie. It, it's just like the vibe, and I don't, It's a. it is creating a vibe, and I don't like the vibe. I find the vibe to be silly and corny looking. Mm-hmm. But I really like uh, Tom Noonan, Joan Allen, Dennis Farina. Lots, there's like stuff in here that I like. Oh, Brian Cox is good. That seems. Fuck even, off. Even though he's in a. Cell that looks like from a like a high school play or something. Like that. <laughs> shitty. I don't care for it. Uh, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it two and a half Douglases. 
I mean, just for how kind of like he really, she's really shoehorning these sexy. I mean, there, there's one at the at the beginning where he flips out the sheets, and I'm pretty sure his wife is bottomless. And mm. then there's like some thrusting involved, and then later on, she's like at his hotel room, and she's like, "And guess what? We're gonna fuck here too." And you're just like, "Jeez, all right." Well, she's there for support. It's just, a, it's pretty horny. <laughs> this this movie. Well, who's the real manhunter here, lady? <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, well, and I'm gonna give it. Uh, two slashes on the face immediately after he jumps through the window. <laughs> Just immediately. <laughs> whoosh, whoosh, done. That's it. You're done, Will. Uh, He's going to carve Z for Zorro into his face. <laughs> the deadly poke of Zorro. <laughs> I'm going to give it three and a half Judds. I'm going to split okay. the difference there. Uh, I think this movie's really good. I just, it never, every time I watch it, I'm like, whoa, cool. And that's it. I feel like <laughs> it's a surface level cool for me. And I get, I've read stuff about it, and I, I appreciate that, like, yes, there is, but it just never, whenever I watch it, I go, uh-huh, yeah, everybody's right. All that stuff is there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, you know, William Peterson doesn't, he's just an actor who doesn't work for me. Yes. And, he's, and, he, uh, and he, he sort of, in, like, this and To Live and Die in Hell specializes, it, you know, he's playing this very specific, intense character, and I don't. Quite by it in He's also e- in fucking either. a lot in To Live and Die in L.A. too. Like, what <laughs> was with directors, like, cl- great directors going, like, get this guy fucking. We need him. We gotta do I that. want him in tiny shorts and I want him fucking. We got to do that movie, man. I fucking love that. Oh, no, yeah, we'll do I don't like that. Well, I was I, looking. I, do I was looking at Friedkin's ep- uh, shelf the other day and I was like, we could do a Friedkin episode. Oh, oh fuck yeah, you're free- we could. You're Friedkin me out. Finally get that mil- uh, the one with Tommy Lee Jones and Sam Jackson. I got another episode in mind for that one. Oh, like military. Yeah, type? yeah. Okay. There's, okay. there's, a, no, there's, a, there's, a there's, better, there's, there's plenty of. There's actually better ones in there that I was like, there's stuff that we, there's stuff we have on, yeah, that we only have on. Love that movie. No, there's one, there's one with like Shannon Doherty. That I'm like, what? yeah, and I'm like, whoa, William Friedkin directed this thing. Anyway, we'll we'll, wow. we'll talk about All it. All right, cool. we'll talk about it off camera or whatever. Uh, I'm gonna give it. I'll give it two and a half uh, Douglases because it is like I think this movie is pretty gross when it's getting sleazy and stuff you know yeah. it's like I, I don't mean I think I just think all the stuff with Dollar Hyde like getting in a relationship is creepy to me because it's like the movie's handling it in the right way where it's like presenting it and he's you know you're empathizing with him but I think that's gross yeah because you're going like ugh because this guy's because this guy is like a fucking murderer, a yeah, serial killer, creepy very, serial killer. It's very killer, weird so. that the so. moment the moment that we're introduced to this absolute psychopath who slaughters whole families, where it's also like the moment where like he might have a shot at happiness. Yeah, and I like. like I mean, huh? I like that stuff. I like. That I, I know. Is it, yeah, I it, think it's it, an interesting choice. It works. Choice. It's good, but it, it just is like makes me go because I'm like, oh, and then ew. Not what you would think if you're just going into a serial killer. It's more movie. like it makes me feel like gross for being like, oh. I bet the serial killer is gonna <laughs> find love. I sure hope so. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to give it uh, 100 hours of In the Garden of Eden by Iron yeah. Butterfly, which seems to, pro- seems to be playing for a l- on repeat for a long time. <laughs> that Joan Allen uh, character, she's, gonna, she's going to be traumatized and hate that song after that. He's got a, it's an eight track too, so I don't know if it's just re- on repeat or what. <laughs> That's the real tragedy for her is that Inagata Davida got ruined. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. she can always listen to all the other great Iron, Iron Butterfly songs. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> a rich catalog of famous hit songs. All right, I'm out of here. All right, Kevin's leaving. That means well, that Kevin's means the real showdown's happening. Here we go. The moment we've all been waiting for. We're talking about heat. He's here.
making moves on the street allow nothing to be in your life that you cannot walk out on in 30 seconds flat if you spot the heat around the corner well, my life's a disaster zone because i spend all my time chasing guys like you around the block i do what i do best i take scores you do what you do best trying to stop guys like me you've been walking through our life dead all i is what I'm going after. I don't like this movie as much as most of other Michael Mann films, but I do love it. That's an interesting. That's a that's a good foot start to start out. I like this more than Manhunter. Sure, but I certainly don't like it as much as a lot of people do. I mean, I also have a relationship to his movies where I pretty much don't think he ever made anything that's not four Juds or higher. Okay, All except right. for The Keep, which I also have watched many times because I find it so weird and fascinating. Yeah, but like, Keep is, is certainly not good, but it's Public worth Enemies watching. is like nearly a five Judd movie for me. That's, wow, that's the kind of guy I'm, you're talking to. That's that's pretty amazing. I'm a I'm a dyed in the wool man acolyte, like yes. guys, like a Holy Trinity filmmaker for me. So, and I am a hot and cold on mm-hmm. Michael Mann kind of guy. Now and this and this is right in the middle for me. Right now, now when I saw this in the theater when it came out, when I was like barely seventeen, mm, eighty five, nuked me. Like, I thought this was the best movie I'd ever seen in my life. Yeah. I've cooled on it, but not that much. Yeah. I mean, it, we saw it, we both saw it in the theater, I'm oh assuming. Oh, my God. You did don't you know how many it, times I saw this in the theater. Did you see it with your high school buddies, too? No, I always went to the... I saw this one... I didn't, like, hang out with people in my high school. Oh, okay. I went to see movies by myself all the time. I was really popular. Yeah, I was right. a jock. <laughs> no, I I just went to the movies by myself. I must have seen this like ten times that that winter. I probably saw it three times at the theater. I would say, and then we watched it incessantly on video afterwards yep. when it came out. Bought um, it on Laserdisc. Yes, man. And uh, I, the the big thing that they hyped about it was the the you know De Niro mm-hmm. Pacino thing. This is when people were still very they'd never made a movie together before they were in the same scene together. Right, and people were like, "Oh, they're finally doing it, and it's gonna be like Michael Mann, who's really hot right now, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be like this big sprawling epic, like uh, the 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 ultimate." cops and robbers action movie mm-hmm. then they're hyping all these action scenes that are going to be in it and all this sort of stuff so it was very exciting and I, i'm pretty sure I, i'm sure i was blown away by it when i saw it in the theater the first time i think it was watching it on video where i started to like find lots of aspects of this lots movie of cracks, very tedious cracks in the pavement huge huge cracks in the pavement. but also that pavement when there's not cracks in it is the best pavement in the world i agree with you there there are definitely things that i would do differently in this movie but when it's when it's working which I think is probably a lot more of the time than you do. Yes. But when it's working, oh my god, it's pretty fucking perfect. <laughs> We're gonna, we can't just get right to it. But obviously, the centerpiece uh, gunfight, I do believe, is the greatest gunfight in the history of film. So that's, I can't. That's, that's certainly a candidate. Yes. I mean, it when it happened this time, like I think I possibly enjoyed this movie the least I've ever enjoyed it this time and maybe enjoyed that scene the most I've ever enjoyed it so it was just all over the fucking place I mean usually when I watch this movie I watch that scene twice yeah oh yeah I watched it again like I just <laughs> as soon as the scene's over or as soon as he shoots Tom Sizemore I'm like alright let's run it back and watch it again I don't also I just like <laughs> seeing Tom Sizemore get shot so. <laughs> I overall kind of don't like this movie. I'll I'll buy this on Blu-ray wow. just to watch that fucking scene over and over. Hey, you should wait. There's a 4K coming. Are you guys talk. Oh so you, shit! So you can so talk. To, are you done with the heat segment? We're Sorry, done with heat. We're done with heat. Wow, Too bad, just, Kevin. Travis We're doing like, ratings. Travis, down. Is, Travis was cool on heat. <laughs> We're doing ratings. <laughs> Five. And, and this is my. This is so my. Kevin f- likes this movie the most. This of is all my of favorite us. Michael Mann movie. Yeah. Yes. Still, this is. A, Go mean, back to the bathroom. This isn't the first one. 
This isn't the first one I saw because I had seen uh, Last of the Mohicans, but it was like that, uh, you know, thing where I I didn't know when I saw Last of the Mohicans, I wasn't like mm-hmm. into movie directors. I didn't know who directed. It. I just was like, cool, this is a cool movie. Right. And then I saw Heat and I was like, who's this fucking Michael Mann guy? You know. I, I was I, all into Miami Vice I and Mohicans, this. so I was like yeah. stoked for this movie. Yeah. And it totally met my expectations initially. Uh, this is a movie that I, I I loved. I mean, initially loved, of course. Like I think all of us did when we first saw it. Like, whoa, what the fuck? And then. Uh, I I didn't like as much for a bit, kind of. But then, and I, like I was like, it's too messy or whatever. And now I watch it and go like, no, that's what I like. I like all that shit. I like the wow. sprawling. You, it's your vibe. I like the sprawling novel, novelistic like nature of it. It feels like it feels like a great crime novel. Like it's got all these strands going. You know, like, like, I'm, like I'm reading that book or whatever. It's like like LA Confidential, the book, not the movie. You know, sort of. To me, the, watching it last night, it was like this thing that we've talked about many times is like TV shows versus the movies, which is like, there's a there's an eight hour TV miniseries version of this. You right. know what I mean? It's like that that really has the time to go into all of the digressions of the movie. But I'm glad that that doesn't exist because I like how you people. Just packed it all into this one like yeah. diamond. I and want more Robert De Niro and Amy Brenneman. <laughs> Robert De Niro I, asking her questions. Here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. I know. I know. You're, more. I know you're going off on. It, but like, I was talking to Matt about this on the drive over. Is like that the the Amy Brenneman character. Uh, I like the Amy Brenneman character because she's actually like is a person who is like, hi, I, here's my name and I have a job and I do things. Yeah. What is Diane Venora's job? Like what does she do? We all we know is that she had a husband, lives in his dead tech postmodern house, and oh, Al Pacino's, uh, and she wife. pops pills all the time. And now she's married to Al Pacino. Other than that, she's wildly she's like, attracted. She's to like him. a more entertaining version of the wife from from Manhunter because she's like angry at him. Yeah. But otherwise, what do we know about her? Like she I also doesn't, don't like that. Like what? Like what? You know? Like one one just one fucking scene. I don't like, yeah, I don't I don't like, like, a, like an art gallery or whatever. Right. We were surmising, what's her job? Like one scene where she's like, "This is what I do," you know, yeah, or something like outside true. of what the, she does, outside of the frame. What of, she does is demean herself with Ralph to get closure with you. <laughs> I do love that. Demeans herself with TV's <laughs> Mark Allender. Sorry, with TV's for TV's Mark Allender. Uh, that's not the actor's name. That is a name of a friend of ours. But <laughs> but, every, but he, he, looks, he, he and looks Xander Berkeley like don't really look that close together. <laughs> they look they look close but enough. But the joke but back. the joke is funny enough. Mark, yes. Mark will say Mark will say what are you fucking talking? About? <laughs> yeah. I don't look like it. Absolutely. Have you been to his but, bar yet? No, I haven't. We, we gotta go to, go. to that bar. I, I got to go. Hell yeah, <laughs> wrestling bar. It's a, while, it's a fucking while wrestling bar. we can bar. catch Omicron too. We got to We got to oh, get while the Omicron's hot. I agree. Strike while the Omicron's hot. Uh, but I, but yeah, here's like that's that that lays it out. I don't like the relationship between De Niro and Amy Brennan. I don't like the relationship between Pacino I, and his wife. That's a lot of the movie. I believe the relationship. That's a big chunk. I buy the relationship between uh, Pacino and Diane Venora because it's like on the it's it's the, the end Sharp. of the it's, it's the, the end edge. of the relationship. It's where you it's, gotta be. It's uh, no, I mean, he, but he says he's like on my I'm on the downswing of my my fourth I'm marriage, downswing third marriage, my fourth marriage. Uh, but I mean, my life is a disaster. So I, I don't I don't like I mean spending time <laughs> with them suck. together isn't like isn't like a, necessarily fun, but I believe it. Whereas except the, when we get to see him the fucking the Brenneman the, the Brenneman uh, De Niro one I. I believe I. She's so good. I think I believe her. Like that she. But he. I, I never. You, never once have I watched this movie and I'm like I buy that he's really into her. 
he, it seems like he's into her because the script says he's supposed to be. You mean Pacino and his De Niro. Wife. Oh, De Niro. No, no, Pacino. Pacino and her. I see where you can. I see like how their relationship was at the beginning, where they were like these two fucking volatile people who liked each other, got married, and then of obviously. Hate each other because that was inevitable. Well, he's like, got four so dead now, bodies off Venice Boulevard. And so now Kevin, they do. I, sorry, the fucking chicken <laughs> got overcooked. Over, over I love it. Uh, I like I the like scenes with her, where she is not not necessarily the scene where like you know he catches her with with Mark Allender, but the scene where the the scene where Xander like, Berkeley. That's the Xander yeah, Xander Berkeley. The scene where from Buffy. like she's like you know. This is what you left of our relationship, where like she's sort of explaining to him, like not that there's an earlier scene where they're in like a like a restaurant or something, and she's just like smoking a cigarette and telling him like you fucked up, like you ruined our our marriage. Mm-hmm. I really like that scene. Um, they it's they changed a lot from the script, and the script she it's like way more floored. It's like a fucking Patty Chayesky scene. She's like <laughs> really? she's like you sift through the detritus, you read the terrain. It's like Jesus, <laughs> they changed it. Um, anyway, she says she does say those things. There's, ver- I think there's a cut where they cut that. Then, yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's, I like that scene. I think that, I think that she's an interesting character. I, th- I like all of the relationships. I, I like think, I think Ashley Judd and Val Kilmer yeah, make yeah. sense. I think Amy Brenham and De Niro makes sense. I think De Niro, oh, man. I think it makes sense because he's like thinking about getting out, and he's, he, you know, she's his Tuesday weld kind of thing. I don't. Yeah, I, I'm not saying that I don't think that the that the it works that the char- that he the character works. I think that De Niro, I don't. I you don't think sense, he would pick a different sort of woman. I don't sense any chemistry between ah. from him towards De Niro her. Is not Does capable. That, do you, do you know of, what I mean? De Niro like, is not like capable in, of chemistry in, in at this thief, point in his career. <laughs> in Thief, like I, I'm like. I'm like I see these two together. There's like a there's totally like a, there's like a there's a bond with the De Niro character. I understand that his whole de- the whole his whole character is like cold and removed. But I feel like I never feel like he's really he's into her as the symbol of what he of what, yeah. what she has to offer. And well, that's why he's able kinda, to leave it. She kind of likes him. <laughs> actually, she, she pursues him. She's yeah. like, "Ooh, look at this grumpy-looking fifty-something <laughs> guy." I'm a, I'm a, what, what am I, a gorgeous twenty-something student? <laughs> she looks but like she's in her late thirties. I think she looks like she's. You think in she her looks 20s. like she's twenty-one-year-old student? No, I'd say twenty-eight, late twenties. Okay, she is a student. She's a, she's in school for art, art design. Oh, she's a graphic she's designer. A graphic, graphic, graphic oh, she designer. is already a graphic yeah, yeah. designer. She has a job. Uh, That's and, what she, I'm and she works Either at ways, the bookstore. She looks like she's twenty years younger than him, and she and she comes up and she's like, "Ooh, what are you reading? A book about metal?" <laughs> He's like, "Get away from me!" She's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go. I, I love that. Let me." Uh, he apologizes right closer. away and is like, "But I then, like, you, but then you get a scene where I like he just, the meet cute. I don't, but I don't, sort of by the end, I'm lady, not, what are you so worried about? What I read, what I do? It's so not cute to me. I strongly disagree with that. Well, I mean, it's called. You call those a meet cute. I don't know that the scene is actually cute. That's what I'm saying. Cute. <laughs> but De Niro is, is just not capable of doing. I don't, I don't think he's ever been a particularly like romantic style actor. So it just looks like he's asking her a bunch of questions. And so they're like sitting at the bar when he finally kind of goes, "Oh wait, a cute girl's talking to me." All right. Oh, hold on. Wait, no, no. Stick around. Uh, 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 what's your favorite color? Uh, what you like? Dogs or cats? Dogs or cats? What do you What do you like? Uh, and then it like and she's like asked her, asked her all these questions. She's like, oh wow, did she uh, did he ask me uh, what my sign is? Woo! And then it cuts to him. <laughs> and and I think and I, I, your reading of this scene is completely bizarre <laughs> to me. <laughs> but it cuts to a different scene where they where they've like obviously like gotten to they're know back each other in a little place better or whatever her place. Yeah, and they're and it's in front of a green screen of like a cityscape. No, that's real. 
Has it? Really? Well, there, there's, there, are, there are profile shots of their of them individually that are faked behind the yeah, green yeah, screen. Okay. But there's a lot of that scene is them really up in the hills in front of the. Yeah, there, well, there's the wide shot from yeah. behind them, but then there's those terrible process. Those shots. terrible process shots. Yeah, yes, yeah. It's too and, bad. and at this point, he goes, uh, he's going like, so uh, what's your, what about your family? Where are they from? How far did that go back? And she's like, well, my Irish Catholic from the seven that came over in the 1700s. Like we're in the fucking 1700s now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's certainly not it's as electric. So Trick so as the boring. scene in Thief where, you know, they're at the diner yes. and they're doing the backstory thing. But it is similarly attempting to be that productive. Um, <sighs> whether or not you think it works is no, not neither here or there. I'm just, pointing out the, it's I'm just pointing out the rhyme. I can't believe uh, that anybody like buys this in any sort of way, shape, or form. But then again, I have been vocal about my criticisms of sure. late period Robert De Niro. I find him pretty generally annoying. Charisma anyway. vacuum. I think it's interesting that you I point out. I wish, I you, would, him I wish you would at least you try like to it. be. You don't like him in this. I think he does well when he's being rageful, like the scenes where he, the scenes where he's like slamming that guy's uh, that guy's head on the table and oh, all yeah. that sort of stuff. And when he's like just like being a bruiser, work pretty well. But other than that, I don't like him very much. Oh, in this. I think that's one of my great. main I, problems. I think, I think he's, he's, I think he's so controlled. Man, yeah, I love yeah. That. That's what I love about it. Coiled snake, man. Yeah, that scene. Ride speaking of diner scenes, that diner scene in this. That's a great scene. Fucking awesome. Well, where they where they have Wangro. No. Oh, you mean the scene that no, Kate Manalini? I would not call that a diner, but yeah. A cafe? What? Yeah, yeah. what, do you, what oh, would... it's like a fa- it was like a famous upscale place in L.A. That's all. The what? It's, it's one... called Kate Manalini, where they have their meeting. Oh, I don't fucking. Well, they don't. I, don't, I guess they didn't right. show the fucking sign no, or, the waiter, I mean, or like... the waiter offering them a thousand dollar bottle of wine. So I don't know. <laughs> would I don't you fucking like know. The... Uh, would you like? I'm this? sorry that I don't fucking know all the restaurants <laughs> in Los Angeles, Matt. Baby. Uh, Did you ever see Den of Thieves? <laughs> Yeah, no. Den of Thieves does the same scene, except it's at the shitty teppanyaki restaurant in Torrance, which I think is really funny. Speaking fucking rules. Speaking of, uh, but speaking of doing the same scene, I, tr- I tried watching. I watched parts of L.A. Takedown, which is the oh, first yeah. version of Heat, and it's uh, the TV movie version. There's a there's the di- the diner scene. Uh, I watched a little bit of it, and it's like, well, this couldn't be worse. Oh, <laughs> because God. it's like it felt it was like a high school like uh, like a high school theater production of the scene from Heat even though it was done before because it's two guys who who fuck knows who they are. Two guys who are like 30s that look Oh, we're talking identical. about so we're talking about De Niro and and uh-huh. Pacino talking to each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, not so, the, and so the diner scene that I was thinking of is the one where he slams the guy's oh, head no, on no, the table. Oh, no, no. I just, no, Tom sorry. I, I guess it's not a yeah, diner. Yeah. It's a restaurant awesome. or a coffee that, shop. That does appear to be a restaurant. He asked him for coffee, so yeah. I've always thought it was a diner scene. I Let's had talk about with dreams. Half uh, an hour ago. That, no, that's I got a dream that I have where it's I have a sister, but I don't have a sister. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you, don't, you don't like that scene? hemorrhages from the bullets in their heads. No, I do like that scene. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, because I you're like you're like I can't understand anybody likes anything in this movie, and I'm like <laughs> baffled that you don't that you can't like. They, I like, like about none I like it, about none half of it, it works. Okay, I would say um, I did like that scene this time because I think that's great. like one of the great. I think that and, and with that and the the thief scene, it's mm-hmm. like the similar kind of. That's the same kind of thing, you know. The two characters coming together, although it's not a romantic scene, although maybe a little. <laughs> oh, oh, interesting. Not to get too, not to get back off something I already covered, but I do like that you mentioned the bad process shots on the balcony because. Since he's gone digital, one of the reasons he wants to use digital so much is because it has much, much greater depth of field and light sensitivity in the night scenes. So if you watch something like Collateral or Vice, you can see way, way off in the distance at night and all the lights of the city and stuff like that. You get... You wouldn't need to do that shitty process photography that he does. In, in he does like shooting scenes. at night. Yeah. Right. It's one of his big things. Collateral especially. Like, you could never... 
or like in at the end of Vi- or at the beginning of Vice, where they're on the rooftop and you can see the lights in yeah. the windows of the buildings from far, far, far away. If you were shooting that on a film, you would not be able to get an exposure from that far away. Well, that's also because yeah. Michael Mann and his director of photography know how to shoot night scenes because so many people use well, right. that, use that yes, technology. Of more, more, I would say more often people use that that technology it, of being able to get low get low light shots with these cameras. It seems P- like poorly. it seems like now what they do is shoot them in regular lighting situations and then just take all the just make it black. Put some black over this. Ugh. Can't it's see nice. it. Yeah, they don't make it inky. It. And people are where, where are people going to be watching this in their home so it'll look even worse. Very right. good. Cuz you'll Very have good. kitchen lights on maybe or Perfect. something. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, uh I, yes. I think is this it the same DP in all these movies that well, we Dante Spinotti, not in Thief. Not Thief. Thief no. was uh I can't remember who it is but it's the same guy who shot um uh Jericho Mile, I think. Oh. Or somebody oh. who worked on Jericho Mile with it. And it's Spinati for, I think, Manhunter, this, and Insider. Yep. And then it's um, Lubezki for Ali. Oh, wow. Shit. Um, but yeah, but he, he shot Man, but he shot, uh, Manhunter and this. I think this is a, this movie is gorgeous. Gorgeous. Though. Yeah. And this is like- All uh, that cool blue, that steel gray that you like. Yeah, it's yeah. all over. Very and he cool. shoots L.A. so gorgeously It's also just such a cool, like, widescreen L.A. Yes. Like, yeah. uh, and and I love I, I love the music choices in this, too. I think it, it's still, it's like actually one of those where it's like a lot of stuff from the period, but it, like is he, it's all ambient, so it, like it feels timeless, kind of, you at know? Least, like, at least some two of the, Moby stuff. Some of the Moby stuff I but, don't hate. But the yeah. Moby stuff isn't like the, it's not like the- the, the it's born, not like extreme it's like ways. Songs, or like even the, <laughs> or even the popular, the more popular Moby songs from MTV in the late right. '90s or whatever. It's like just M- Moby's ambient stuff, and it like you still go, oh yeah, you wouldn't know it's Moby unless you go like, oh that's I know that's Moby. Like it doesn't yeah. like before he decided he needed to be like people needed to and see that, him. That it end- doesn't stink like like fucking Moby. <laughs> that ending track that's over the closing credits is a is a composite. It's Moby and Elliot Goldenthal's score put together. Fucking cool. Well, God walking over. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it rules so hard, and, like, it's it's an interesting contrast because I also, like, similar types of movies, I also really like those Bourne movies, and that the bane of my existence is a Moby song at the end of those, <laughs> the Extreme Ways song that I fucking hate with a that fiery almost passion. Ended, that almost ended this movie, too. What? I'm just kidding. Oh, God. Gee, I was about to lose Wouldn't my Wouldn't that be awesome? Mind. Wouldn't that be so rad if one day Travis sat down to watch He's like, all right, I'm going to give it another shot, and then that happened at the end? <laughs> no! <laughs> I might end up in a loony bin like yeah. Will Graham. Kicking and screaming, please. a couple years. Yeah. Well, son, what happened to me was it turned out there was a Moby song that I really didn't like at the end of Heat you're instead of my, the one that I do like. You're not my you're real not father. You're not my dad. Get out of my house, please. You're just talking no. to some kid in the cereal aisle. <laughs> <laughs> but the Moby song at the end of Heat it fucking rules. Yeah, it's great. It rules really hard. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's a great scene. The ending of the uh, LA takedown uh, is that um, just to sort of show like that the, he did this before and it was sort of like it feels like a trial run before they're going like I think I want to remake that the ending of LA Takedown is that he's going he decides you know I'm going to go kill Wangro who's, Zan- who's Xander Berkeley in the uh, in the uh, the TV Mark version. Allender TV's Mark Allender in the in the wow. TV version but he's like I'm going to go kill him at the hotel uh, the De Niro character gets killed right as the Pacino character Mm-hmm. I don't know any of these actors' names. Yeah, like yeah. has shown up, and he's like, "You were out. You you could have done it or whatever." Then the Pacino character goes and has a conversation with Xander Berkeley in there. The cops are all there, and he's like, "You just shot this guy. You know, you did all this or whatever." And then Xander Berkeley like pulls a gun on him, like starts shooting at him, and he like karate kicks him. <laughs> no joke, karate kicks him like out the window <laughs> of this hotel. And that's how the movie ends. It's pretty and Francis Dollarhide catches weird. him and slashes it's, his face twice. It's really funny that I'm like, wow, well, fuck, that is 
it is. Gr- I'm I'm so glad that that got changed back yep. to to the because the ending of Heat is. I mean, you're not going to tell me that's bad. No, I love the ending. Okay, of Heat. good. So we're not. I mean, we're not. We're not. I'm not, I'm not in a fucking insane asylum here. No, no, no. no. Where Travis? I like is his movie. Like uh, the, bo- the booby hatch. I mean, I like his movie considerably more the, than Manhunter. All the great scenes in this are so like. I mean, I think that man has. We've talked about how he does these great set pieces in every movie, and this one has probably my favorites. I mean, the, both robbery scenes. The opening robbery, I think, is amazing. Really yeah. good. I just love. And that's for me. Like crime movies are my are like one of my favorite genres. And just like watching, like like watching criminals mm-hmm. procedure, like how they do it, and just watching these guys rob that that armored truck at the beginning, and how they're like, no, no, they're looking for one specific thing. I just love the like the attention to detail. That happens in Thief too, where yeah, yeah. they open this whole safe and there's tons of stuff that they're like, there's not money, that, they're like, not, not money, that, not that this. Yeah, I, I I just love that shit, and I love just like the precision of the thing, you know. And even when Pacino shows up later and is like, these guys are good, and he's like running through this like, crew is good. How they did how they did all the stuff, and I lo- I also love uh, Pacino's. Get your uh, hand out of that man's pocket, Rachel. I also love Pacino's <laughs> posse of like uh, Dennis Haysbert, fucking Ted Levine, Ted, no, West Ted, no, Dennis Haysbert. No, it's not Dennis Haysbert. No, Haysbert's right. on the other it's, side. Uh, Bubba. It's Bubba. It's Bubba. It's Michael T. Williamson. Michael, Michael T. Williamson. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Ted, Ted Levine, West Studi. Yep. Ted Levine is one of my favorite parts of this movie. He gets a couple scenes where he just gets to go, and you're like, man, Ted Levine gets his fucking neck rules. shot out. I, and like, he dies the exact same yeah, way yeah. he dies in Silence of the Lambs with his hands kind of like bunched up above his head. Uh, but I love I love that scene. I like a lot of the stuff with the um, – I like when they're doing you know the, the, the gang the, – crooks are out at dinner and then the cops are out to dinner and uh-huh. I, I like that there, there does feel like there's a life outside there's of a flip the, side to that coin it does know? feel like there's a life outside of the what's going on yeah, in the yeah. movie with a lot of the characters i like how natalie portman gets picked up by him and she says hi to the other cop like she yeah. knows who he is and stuff i just i like there's a lot of little touches in there i like i really like val kilmer and and uh kill me is awesome i think in kilmer's this. great and in judd this. in this a lot and they're it's like such a small thing but those two they're so good in their few scenes of like creating this whole world for these characters, I like like I I don't know. I think Ashley Judd is great in this. Yeah, I love that. Back, you know, back, their Judd whole relationship is so awesome. The and scene, that, the scene at the end where she's she, like, yeah, no, yeah. and she's like, she's a lot like the Tuesday Weld character. In, yeah, yeah. In Thief, where she's like, she knows what she's doing. She's this isn't she was he. You know, she's not like, naive. She, she's been in prison before too. Yeah. And so you know, I like that scene where she's mad at him for blowing the money on the Super Bowl or whatever, and he, she's like, I want out. And he's like, fine, leave the bank book and the keys and get out. And she's like, you could keep all that shit, but Dominic would go with me. And he, like, jumps over the yeah. fucking couch. Uh, Man, that is intense. Freaky. But Val Kilmer... It doesn't even have like a whole lot of dialogue in this, but he's just in it. Oh this man, is, I love that you character. You can't take your eyes off of him. He's like Daniel Craig in Munich, like the guy who is like, shit, this guy is the fucking real deal. He this guy is like the, the real badass. Deal. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to explain. There's just a scene where he's watching Robert De Niro talk on the phone, and I'm like looking at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like wow, Robert De Niro's got all the lines, and he's saying stuff, and I'm just like, what's fuck? Wow, look at him. Yeah. Damn, he he just feels like a criminal. It's hard and to he explain. like he moves the best in the in the shootout. God, too. man. Oh, okay. Well, can that, we talk about the that shootout shot then? where he like well, the big bank robbery set, set piece. The shot where he like crosses in front of the camera with his with his AR and he's like firing off in short controlled bursts, and then the camera pulls back because he flips and turns around and does it again in the other direction, and then back the <laughs> other way again with the camera like on these very robotic movements. It's just fucking. Killing and me. The, it's ecstatic full, the, when I watch it's, that. It's ecstatic, and one of the reasons that it is ecstatic is that this gunfight scene is shot to be terrifying. Oh god! 
It so seems good. it seems fucking scary. Well, it's loud. For it's the most exciting thing ever. It really is. And like those bullets hitting that metal, that sound. Oh, and the way and the way Michael Mann's he has these rhythms yeah. and and he, and he really builds up to when it to when this thing unleashes and it's oh, like wow. The way that the editing gets shorter, like yes. quicker cuts before the shootout happens. The, the, the guys are slowly like one by one filing out of the bank. And, uh, Pacino and his guys are, are like kind of one by one getting Everybody closer get and closer. Away, yeah. And then they see him, and then uh, Val Kilmer sees him, and it just kind of like keeps on getting closer and closer and it's like the release that happens when Val finally opens fire on him yeah yeah and it's not even like it's not when he does it's not like oh he sees the guy here's two more cuts of them seeing each other it's like there's a shot of he sees the guy guy with a gun and then his gun is up boom 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 boom. yeah exactly it's so cool well it's like that's that's their whole that's the thing is that that even from the beginning of the bank robbery when they go in to rob the bank it's so like 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 this is you know they're they're so precise about their actions and that's part of it is just like you see, you know that's part. Of the, you know they, do, they don't say that, but this is in their rule book. Like you see, yeah. it, you see a fucking, you see a guy who looks who looks like a cop. Fucking open fire. Yeah. That's why we have these. We don't have these guns f- only for show. <laughs> yeah. That's right. You know, if you need to use it, use it. And also, I think that that's like this. Probably like a lot of scenes that were inspired by this, like don't do right. Is that this this there's ex- this move this scene is excessive, but it's a fucking like you were saying. There's a there's a rhythm to it. It builds. There's a controlled excess as mm-hmm. opposed to just. I think you could watch this scene and go like, I want to do a scene like that, which is just like, it's going to be a fucking 10 minute shootout where yeah, just a bunch no. of madness is happening. And this doesn't, you never feel that you, it like, the, it's just drama. There's little this story, is, there's little stories going on throughout the whole oh, it's thing. Like, it's like the end of Return of the Jedi for fuck's sake. It's just like tiny stories playing out in terms of this big one. Because it's like the tragedy of the Haysbert character yeah, who yeah. like set up and I, I love I love that fucking Bud Court. I shitty, love that he's shitty in Shitty Bud so. Court. <laughs> fucking hey, Bond a, Company own, stooge. Right? Bud Court's fucking in his own prison. Fucking Bond Company stooge running that <laughs> diner. Doesn't mean he doesn't have feelings. But I love I love that little story about him because it's just like here's this guy and you're like oh let's deal with this guy and you're kind of and so and it's like such a sad story yeah. when he like gets killed they're like oh fuck but this of course he does but one of the reasons that this scene is so fucking insanely exciting is that it's shot it's shot and handled with the gravity that if as if like this really was a thing that happened yeah and then like, it turned out and it, then, it, 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 then it did happen right sort of but, sort but of, like yeah. that it's based on what it's something that happened in glendale or the no no the thing the th- no 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 the, or the, thing, the that thing that happened, they they saw the movie and were like, "That's oh, it, how we're going to do our robbery." It came after the movie. Yes, yeah. I had Oops. this. I had the sequence. Have wrong. you watched the, all the footage from that fucking shootout? It is. I insane. have seen some. <laughs> but but it, but I, I think it was like, so, I think some people died, right? Oh yeah. But it wasn't the same sort of like this. What like what is it, like eighty people die in this? I don't. This know. is one of the worst things that ever happened. I mean, he's in spraying, when he's like spraying uh, like bullets at. At him at the grocery store, you're yeah. like fuck. Oh god, and this who is like, this is like these are characters we like, like the De Niro character. But you're like that guy. He just took out like he just took yeah. out like three real people. Potentially, yeah. One <laughs> of the aspects that's so great is is the in with the photography of how it's done is this, these wide shots where you can just see that is fuck straight up downtown L.A. Yep. in the mid they when people when people are there. When there's and it's you can see how wide the streets are and everything around and it's just like they are in public just opening fire with military grade machine guns it's just open warfare on the street yeah. and everybody looks fucking terrified as yeah. they would Al Pacino's just going like Jesus ah. it's just it feels like a fucking horrifying nightmare yeah. that's happening which it is and that just it, it just you can't believe it's happening the when sounds it's happening. of those gunshots echoing off the like the canyon of buildings in that street it's so awesome <laughs> I had a friend when I was living in L A who 
worked in one of these buildings while they were shooting this. Oh, wow. And it's not like they were constantly firing these guns and stuff because there was setups and he, right, he tried right. to do that as little as possible, but she would like occasionally hear like full-on <laughs> automatic yeah. gunfire that's and look crazy. over and be like, oh, that's Val Kilmer. That's so awesome. You know, <laughs> 90 feet away. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> With a bunch of cameras around him and stuff like that. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, because that's, uh, that's how they captured the sound, right? was just recording the actual noise. Yeah, it's all real. Noise. It's all live yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. And why, I'm sure there's reasons why, but you're kind of like, everybody should do that. It right. sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. These guns sound terrifying. Yeah, yeah. the sound loud. of them hitting cars and all that yeah. sort of stuff. It's, Jesus it's Christ! It's insane. Yeah, it's just one. Of the, it's just one of the best things that you can ever watch. <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, the whole movie works, but like, obviously, the set pieces work the best. The robbery at the beginning. I love the. I love the setup with these guys too, with Wayne Grow just being a piece of shit and mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, is that Fickner? No. Uh, no, Wayne Grow is the the shitty dude who's like. You know, he's the, the serial robbery. killer who kills oh, the guy. Oh, at the that beginning. Way, Okay, yeah, yeah, he is. Does turn out to be a serial he's killer. A no, Fickner is Van Zant. Fickner's Van Zant. You're hanging out with the Grim Reaper, baby. Fickner's. I I love one of my favorite one of my favorite lines is the part where he's like where he's like I'm talking to an empty telephone. There's a dead man on the other side of this line. Dead man on the other side of this line. And then and then later when you see Van Zant again, he's like. When Wangro comes in, he's like, "I got some information about this guy." He's like, "Great, I've been living out of this office," and he's like, "Got like a stubble," and he's like, "I've been living out of this office for like three days because he tried to set him up." Because also, I think that that shootout at the drive-in is great. That's a great scene. Yeah. All the action scenes in this movie are still great. Every time I watch this, I'm like, I'm waiting for the part where I'm like, no, I don't like that as much or whatever. But I'm like, no, this is just so fucking good. I mean, yeah. I like all the other stuff too. I think all the drama works for me. Mm-hmm. I like a lot of the stuff you know that that you don't like, but w- whatever, you know. Mileage may vary. That vi- again, yeah, that vibe w- in this works for me. Even even the stuff where I'm like, oh, come on, what's with this Diane Venora character? This doesn't really, it doesn't like quite work for me. I'm still like, I'm into it. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in all the way. Yeah, you know. Uh, but like the action scenes and the uh, the robbery scenes and stuff. Like even that that fucking scene where they where they don't do the robbery because. Because the guy collapses. Oh, yeah. no, the guy, he's, scene. The, fucking, he, he the fucking dipshit the, SWAT yeah. guy, yeah. like sits down. And like it just bumps his gun on the door. I believe one of the guys on the SWAT team might be the dude from Man, like the the guy from Manhunter who's like explaining about the Tooth Fairy. I'm not positive yeah. about that. And I think that 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 robbery that that scene where they like are gonna is like based on a real thing. Man talked to like a Chicago cop, like which looks Chicago a lot like, cop, like the, the robbery ago. at the beginning of Thief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the building, even the building they're in looks the same. I mean, I think that yeah. the the character. You know the James Conn character and the Neil McCauley in oh, the, definitely are probably based by on the same guys, guy. Yeah, like I'm, you know, and I think he wrote Heat originally like years, years oh, yeah, before. Yeah. So I think maybe around the Obviously, time he wrote, he wrote Thief, LA Takedown, he probably wrote Heat. Mm-hmm. You know, and then and then he cut it down. You know, from a hundred and eighty page script to like a ninety page script <laughs> to make LA Takedown. Yeah. Uh, but I, I love I love all the locations. I love just when they go like when they go to when Pacino goes to interrogate um who's Tone the guy? Loke. Tone Loke. No, but before Tone Loke, who's the I don't know the actor but Oh, but the character's name Albert Albert Torino. But just the, the chop shop that they've yeah, got yeah. there. All this all With the, the like, all the setting in this movie, every like place they go is so cool. Also Pacino parks in the handicap spot when he goes to yeah. the club and you're like, What a douchebag. An, more and more more no hanging up and saying hi. Oh on the phone. never I love the I love Pacino <laughs> in this movie. He's so funny. It's like I I I know it's become like almost a parody of itself at this point. But man, 
just about every scene he's cracking me up. That shit it where he goes to talk to up. Tone Loke is so fucking good. <laughs> you could get killed walking your doggy. Walking your doggy. Oh, that, wow. Great. That, you brought me here for this? Would you bring me down here? Waste my, time, waste like my this. time like this. My favorite line in that scene, which is just packed with funny jokes, but it's it's uh is when he's like doing the whole like by the time I get to Phoenix thing. That was what I was gonna say. That's great, but then the, he like talks about uh, how the, the how Albert has does too many drugs, and he's like, "Where's your empathy, brother? It's a substance abuse problem." I <laughs> fucking love that shit. But, but Al- yeah, like, Albert give me all you got, and he, then he starts singing. Appara- oh. Apparently, a lot of this was uh, ad libbed at the time. Yeah, and also apparently they wrote the character that he was on coke all the time, and then they and just, then they it just doesn't it. it does it just doesn't appear in the movie. Oh, so. is that right? I, I think that they yeah, I don't know. They, they didn't like. It. I don't think there were supposed to be scenes where he does coke i think yeah. that was just like they were they like were like that's his deal is that yeah. he either maybe not in the course of the events of the, this movie but he's but then you know he, he like he's he wired like, he like you know he b- bumps it sometimes yeah he takes <laughs> a bump every now and then has a key every now and then uh but boy does it boy that coke really works well on this guy i'll tell <laughs> well, you i think much. he's a little bit wound up anyway <laughs> You think? Yeah, you know. <laughs> but that part where he goes, because he it feels like improv comedy to me, where the guy says Phoenix, and he's like, "Oh yeah, by the time I get to Phoenix," and, and the guy's trying to talk to him, he's just singing over him like Scott Ackerman on Comedy Bang Bang or something like that. <laughs> it's, it's a I fucking, like it. It's a fucking thing of beauty, man. <laughs> no, I do like it. I mean, compared, it's like compared to Robert De Niro. Don't waste who, my who motherfucking time. I tell you about wasting my motherfucking time. <laughs> you can't watch my motherfucking TV. That's Shut up, Rob. Sit down. He takes the TV with him. And kicks it out of the car And then he's like, what am I doing with this fucking TV? I mean, get it out of here. I think it's I think it's distracting and, and stupid, then, I mean, but of, it's wildly entertaining. Of course, there's you got a great ass and you got your head all the way up. It, all which the classics, is, which is beautiful, beautiful. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it works for me. I like I like it, especially during the scenes where he's talking to CEOs and stuff like that, because I think it's like that. See, feels like this is what this guy does. He mm-hmm. like he like is he's he rattles, keeping he's yeah. keeping them off off kilter the whole time so that he gets something out of them eventually because they're like they're not going they're going like ah oh, here's this cop ah oh, what what the fuck what what the fuck is this guy you doing he's crazier than anybody I know for him the action, the action is, is the juice, juice. <laughs> maybe no that's uh. Tom Sizemore. That's not so, by the but way, still, they all the they way, all feel that way. Tom Sizemore also fucking Trio. great in this great. movie. Tom Sizemore's yeah. great. The action's a juice. Tom Sizemore's got a very Trejo. good relationship with his wife. Yeah, yeah. I Trejo's Trejo great. as the uh, also a good relationship be, with his lady. More like Betrayo. Oh, that's not true. He betrays them. He does not. Is yeah, he, he not does. The, uh, well, I mean, he doesn't betray them. They're, I mean, you know, he betrays the CI, them. Right? He betrays them after he's been tortured almost to death. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He, no, no, the guy, the, the CI, CI is, is Henry Rollins. Is Henry Rollins. Oh, okay. Shit. But he, but he, but they did to Trejo how you see him in the. That's last right. He, he shows up later, and he's he like, had to, and they had his wife kidnapped in and a then, pool of his own. And blood. then you see her feet, and she's been murdered too. So they, Eesh. he's like, he he betrayed them basically because they were like, we're torturing you. This way, we're gonna, you know, yeah. do all these, do all this shit to your wife, and he's like, okay, okay, you know, and gives him up eventually. And then at the end, too, and he can't move either. He's like, and I when, can't De- move. when De Niro finds him, yeah. he's like, did you give us up? And he's like, I don't remember. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm in a bad no, he's place at, right he, now. but no, he did, he did tell, the, you know, uh, Van Sant's guy, yeah, Ra- Henry Rollins, who then is the CI. 
Because that's, that's when how Pacino finds him. That's, he's like, yeah, and that's how we know. That's how they know to go to the bank is because uh, is because Henry Rollins told them. Yeah, oh, okay. they actually say that in the scene. Like we got this CI named Hugh Benny to give us a tip about a robbery, and that's when they go downtown. But that's because he got it from Trejo. Yes, because uh. he they basically just. It's a lot of names. It's three hours long. <laughs> I mean, I may have seen this movie fifteen <laughs> times, but it's that's all stuff that I'm tailor made to not follow, not I mean, be able to follow. And I, and I also feel like that's the kind of shit that like. We you get hung up on maybe in multiple viewings. Also, that like the first time I watched this, I didn't know that, and I loved the movie. I didn't, you right. know, like I. Right. You also don't. I feel like okay, yeah, this guy, this guy, whatever. Like the movie's gonna get to when the point Robert, where when Robert De Niro is going out of his way to kill this guy, I got to assume he did something bad to him. Yeah, well, and he you know, hates him. Well, so you know who the characters I, are. You know who the characters are that he's killing after to kill. This is the bad guys, guys you, he doesn't like. But you've seen him interact with Van yeah. Sant earlier in the movie, <laughs> and you've seen him interact with Wanger, so you're not going like, who's yeah. this guy? That's when true. it gets to that point, <laughs> Fickner. You're, you're not confused and going like, oh, you know that Fickner's the guy who set him up at the drive-in. Whether, however, they got the information about the bank robbery or whatever is almost immaterial. All because, the intricacies. Yeah, because it's like, you know, and it's the whole cat and mouse between him and Pacino anyway. And Tom Noonan. Tom Noonan, John Voight. <laughs> Tom yep. Noonan, John Voight, giving a, a weird performance, but cool. Yeah. Po- modeled after Eddie Bunker, Mr. Yeah. Blue. Really? Yep. Interesting. Yeah. He's even made up to look like Eddie Bunker. He does, yeah. He's got a skin. They just a skin thing to him. I don't know what it is. He's covered in skin tags. It's <laughs> just wall to wall skin tags. Yeah, no, but he he does the uh, like the soft spoken jargony Michael Mann thing really well. Just standing still and just peeling off a bunch of like, the shit where he's talk. describing Hannah to Macaulay is really good. Where he's like, this guy's like a three heart attack man. He's out there prowling around all night, dedicated. I love it. So good. He, I, I like. I also like the part at the end where he's. This like, guy can hit and miss. I'm gonna. You t- can't miss once. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something that I know you're not gonna do anything. That you know. What, what's the line? I can't remember. He's like something about like that. I know you're not. You know you're not interested in. And he yeah, tells yeah. him where Wingro is, and he's like thanks or whatever. And then he just hangs up the phone. And it holds on John Voight for a minute. Just you're I was like, <sighs> you know, he's like I had. It's like that thing. I had like, to tell I had, him. I had to tell him. But I wish I didn't had to tell him because yeah. now I know that this guy's gonna go either get captured or killed. Yeah. Or he's he's not gonna get away anymore. Either way, I'm not gonna see him again. Even if he it, does get away. If he gets away, yeah, but it's like you know, you yeah. see it in his face going like he's gonna make a, the wrong decision. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not to just yeah. not to just leave. He's gotta go kill this guy. That scene and I love the scene where he kills Wanger because well man, if there's a bigger piece of shit in a movie, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that oh, guy's a piece boy. of shit as soon as he shows up. He's, he's like, a serial killer. But even before that, when he's like just talking to, to yeah. Tom Sizemore in the truck, you're hey, like, pretty cool crimes we're going to do, right? Let's go like, do some crimes. He's like, shut the fuck up. And you're like, yeah, slick. shut the fuck up. Shut I heard slick. Up, slick. I heard slick. Run slick. Run slick in the database. You're going to get the phone book. book. Do it anyway. Uh, I oh, love the scene. Say it again. If we're going to talk about De Niro being good or bad, we can, we can talk about... I think he's terrific in this movie, but... Mm-hmm. There's one specific moment. I think in which the last time he was terrific, maybe, is in this movie. It's that might be true. Certainly worse than stuff after this. That's but there, there's sure. one moment in his movie where like transcends any level of good or bad in the rest of his performance, and it's when he's in the tunnel with Edie in the car, and he has he is about to make the decision to go kill Wangro. Oh yeah. And all of this shit goes on his face yeah. for like 15 seconds. The guy runs the total gamut of emotions right there before he before he makes the turn. Also, just not it's for nothing. So good when when they're uh, when they're driving before this decision happens. There's a, just a fucking spectacular shot mm-hmm. of him driving on the freeway from the front that I had to rewind and oh, watch. Oh yeah, and all just that shit. Like, the scene where he, they confront so each good? other under that big tree. Yeah. By the way, there's another big tree in Thief. It's like that. 
Uh, I mean, it looks so good because Michael Mann fucking that's, shoots you know, the hell out of he's it. Co- and, and he's again, he's like a guy who's not. He's not not that he's not coming from story or whatever, but he's like a guy who is like obsessed with the visuals of a movie and he's yeah. like yeah. i want this i mean he wants the visuals to come from the character and from the story right. but he's gonna make a fucking good looking movie well all three <laughs> all three of the movies i mean i think all of his movies are gorgeous but all three of these movies that we've been talking about today are basically just like one gorgeous arresting image composition after another like Absolutely. over and over and over and over and over again yeah uh two, two out of three I, I agree on that I mean, I don't know. I <laughs> oh, think you don't. You just don't like a man. You don't, you're not I don't crazy like about it. Man yeah, I, I do agree that Manhunter is he's doing swinging yes. for the fences, and that it's just you know. Yeah, he's, he's like doing striking, he's, striking he's, out for he's me. He's doing a thing. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I also <laughs> think that, thing uh, that I like that uh, Amy Brenneman has this tremendous moment where she realizes that Neil is ditching her. Like she she steps yeah. out of the car for a second and sees him run away. They look at each other and it's just like it's heartbreaking, man. That I is can't fucking agree miserable. with that. I like just watching it now. I'm like, good, good for her. I yeah. She's I mean, technically yes, good for her. But I, I mean, yes, contextually, yes, that's correct. But yeah, I, I it's was, very sad. This time when I watched it, I I I thought like I was feeling that, but not in the way that where I think the movie is, is fucking it up or anything. I think no, that, the movie's not saying. I that. think that, I think that like. She's been. It's sort of their their whole thing is like at this point she's been so like uh you know shanghaied and like brainwashed almost not quite but like into this that like just by at the that wild moment, charisma of this man at that moment but at that moment where she like sees him running off it's it's like it's heartbreaking but at There's the same time at the too. same time I'm like I'm kind of always like thank God because this is a bad this is not this I think, one of, the, it's I think one of those she's really good in this scene and in the in yeah. generally in the movie the scene where like she confronts him and is like you know and he's like just just wait for me like we will we will run away together let's go and he's like trying to console she's her like and comfort him off. and she's like and she's like like extricating herself from his grasp being like yeah. ducking away she from runs him up and a, shit. runs up a hill and he's like chasing it's, after it's, her. Even, it's, it's before that but even before that just the scene where she's yeah. like he's trying to just like hold her and she's like she's like My, get off of me love yeah. you I love you a little bit <laughs> I heard some things about how I love you a little bit. Uh, yeah, what yeah. I, I, I don't buy that? any of that, so all that stuff is very silly to me. Uh, but but yeah, no, that scene is actually really great. Where he, I, I forgot the fact that he gets like right. I thought that he just sort of ditched her the moment that he walks out. But he like is he's about right to get to the door, car, yeah. And, he and they're sees, just looking at each other, sees and, and he sees, sees Hannah coming. coming. Yeah. He's like, "That's it, I'm yeah, out." Yeah. And her and her reaction is really good, where she's just like, "Jesus Christ, yeah. what?" Is fucking happening because it's heartbreaking, but it's also that thing where I'm like, this lady later on will be like, "Oh my god, she that doesn't know time it, but I almost is... ran off with that yes. dude." She doesn't know it right to now. New Zealand, yes. No. Holy shit, man! I, I was gonna go. I to want New my boring Zealand life back for the rest of my life. I don't, but I'm a pretty lady in Los Angeles with a good job. But I mean, also, I think the yeah, and I think yeah, I think it doesn't. Their relationship doesn't quite gel for me but i do i i love the i love the opera of this movie yeah. i think is that it's it is like That's it is I like mean. one it's of those big big movie which is like you know and some of it some of it it's big it's, it's like swings, big swing some emotions misses, some yeah. of it doesn't some of it like i mean th- i think but the the relationship between pacino and de niro really works uh all the stuff even when they're not on camera together but like the you know like i love how the movie builds to them meeting because yeah I was watching it with Sophie, and she'd never seen it. And she's like, "Are is there? Are they going to be seen where they're together? You know?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that's the whole." Se-. And it was. And then when that scene happened, she was like, "Oh my god, that was great!" The scene where they're together, because yeah. the movie's like teasing you for like an hour, like ah, De Niro and Pacino are both in this movie. And then like finally when they you know meet up, it is it is right. very cool. I will not. Also, a, now that I'm meeting you, uh, I don't want to shoot. I don't want to kill you. But if it comes down to it. 
I will not hesitate for one bit. <laughs> I mean, all this ultimately, the, the movie scene where, is they, where they're tricking, where they're, you know, oh, we're going to go this way. He's like, who, who they're looking at? They're looking at us. The fucking That's LAPD. That's a good scene. We just got made. That's just really good. Made. Ha ha. Smile for the cameras, boys. <laughs> ha. Okay, motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, ultimately, the movie's a romance between Hannah and Macaulay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Absolutely, yeah. they're the that's the re- only relationship that is for walk of a, for lack of a better term stable. Well, because they're you know that's the they're whole this whole thing there. You know, I mean, the one guy's obsessed with the with catching the guy, and the other guy is obsessed with obsessed the, with not, not getting, getting caught catched. by the guy. Yeah, <laughs> but they, it know, seems that the cat has finally been caught by <laughs> the, the very person, person who was trying to catch him. him. How, How ironic. ironic. <laughs> yeah. And it's got the and it's got that classic, you know, that scene. The that chase that, at the, the end. chase at the end is really good, and I, and uh, the music's really good, and uh, the part where he like the airplane, the, the lights mm. shift when the airplane take, uh, the, very cool, Just very cool stuff. With that, and that, the way the, that the the, the light shadow. from the airplanes catches his shadow, and that's how Pacino knows where he is. Yeah. And speaking of operatic, just that part when he's dying, he's like, told you I wasn't going to go back a little bit. Where are we going for breakfast? Where are we going for breakfast? <laughs> I don't want eggs. I want hash browns. I love that. It's got that great song p- comes over there. The music starts just... playing, but he puts his hand up, yeah. and they're like holding hands together. And it, 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 it's majestic. It's, it's opera. It's majestic, but it's opera, and it's a little silly. But it's I great. I mean, yeah, but that's, but those, that's, those but big, emotions. big emotions. Yeah, I think that's absolutely. works for me. I don't know. That's this, why. This man and I love that about his shit. movies. Yeah. yeah, all of them. And I mean, his that's name why is Michael Mann. That's why I think that shit's silly and cool at the same time. It's mm-hmm. like you know, the same thing. I feel the same. <laughs> Wait thing till in, we get to Miami Vice. But I feel this. <laughs> no, but I feel the same way about uh, about Last of the Mohicans mm-hmm. as I do in this. Is that it's like there's a lot of that where I'm like, oh, okay, a fiend for Mohicans. Okay, you know, it's just sort of yeah, right. Uh, it, uh, sign up for the, the Patreon to hear us talk about that. But you know, it's, but I feel the same way as the emotional stuff in this as in as in that. You yeah, know, yeah. I like the milieu of this movie better. Like this is something where I'm like, oh man, I love watching this like this procedural crime shit and the fucking uh, melodrama opera crap. You know, where he walks in and his stepdaughter is like tried to kill herself and it's yeah. Natalie Portman and yeah. I'm like and I'm like I mean I don't want to you know but it's just like man that, is, that shit that shit all works for me you know I don't know I like I love all the all the all of it like when I get done with it I'm like I her <laughs> when I get to the end of it I'm like whoo man yeah. she slashed oh, her wrists and her femoral artery very thoroughly you're gonna need a vascular surgeon <laughs> I love I love how he's ordering the doctors and I was like yeah yeah you know, you're at the fucking hospital they're they doctors. know they're, they're doctors no Oh, uh, what do we do here? <laughs> <laughs> and then that scene where, she, where shut she, up, where doctor, sit up. But I do like I do like that because I feel like that like it's it's like come on, don't tell doctors what to do. But like I feel like that guy, that guy would, would do that. Yeah. Like I don't like it doesn't For seem sure. out of character. He's not exactly a not obnoxious guy. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like I don't. I see him going in there and going like do all this stuff, and they're going uh huh yeah yeah we. There, it's there our is job. there are scenes where like kind of at the beginning when his character is being introduced, where he's holding court with all his men and, and like bossing people around, where it's like oh, too competent. Like right. I mean, it's great. I understand that the, the itch that it's supposed to scratch, but it's just kind of like silly to me, where he's like, "You get this guy, move him around here. You come over here, yes sir, yes sir." And then it's just like, "I'm the oh. master of my domain." <laughs> I got this whole thing unlocked. I'm the best at what I do. Her ex-husband's this large-type asshole. Yeah. I'm so good at this that I got nothing to devote for my family life. Hey, I mean, you, you know. Get <laughs> you should stop marrying these women, then. <laughs> hey, I mean, you know. Don't get married. McNulty, same thing. What the fuck That's did true. he do? <laughs> he did a- <laughs> 
He did it. He fucked a bunch of women. No, I, no, I just he got no. divorced. What the fuck yeah. did he do? <laughs> he did a bunch of uh, Jimmy, dumb Jimmy, shit. Jimmy. Shit is fucked. <laughs> uh, McDonald's is a more subtle version of the of the uh, Hannah character, I would say. But, <laughs> Something but, like that. But similar. But every a similar. Night, maybe every, not quite <laughs> as sharp on the edge where he's got to be. Every, but no, but a similar a more subtle version yeah. than this I mean, character. I, but I think that, like, you know, there the should Mc, be a character McNulty in this character where, uh, is like is like Hannah in a way where yeah, it's like his job's ruining his life, and also just that he's really he's actually. Like he's one of those guys where you're like, this guy is very good at this. At this, there should job. be a scene in this where where Al Pacino <laughs> crashes his car twice. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, this, one of my favorite things in that show ever. I don't intend to to bring like modern sensibilities into a movie made in 1995 or anything, but it is it makes makes this movie silly watching now to just like how I feel about cops these, sure, these days. Sure, just like bit, I don't think this guy fucking exists. Right, but I also feel like this isn't like. Uh, I'm trying to get overtime so I can make four hundred and eighty thousand dollars. One a of year. the things that I love about Michael Mann's crime stuff is that the crime, actual crime aspects of it, the cops and robbers, is incidental. Yeah, it's not. It's not like good guys versus bad guys. Right. Which is why it's just I a like bunch of guys. I was well, I was watching this and thinking about all that bullshit where like you know, uh, Scorsese said you know this about Marvel movies or right. whatever, and which is one hundred percent, one hundred percent agree with, and and I enjoy the Marvel movies. Right, but like I was yeah, watching these like roller coasters. I'm roller watching, coasters are fun. Exactly, but yeah. I'm watching these these Michael Mann movies and going like, this is what he's talking about. And a lot, you know, any of the detractors who were like, fuck off, Scorsese. You're like, do you like the movie Heat? That's what he's talking about. He's not talk necessarily talking. About, he's not only talking about boring right. Swedish dramas that you guys are never gonna watch. He's talking about these movies about adult people, like in adult situations, and whether you think it's ridiculous or not, it is like it is like real people doing doing like real grown people up de- shit. degrading themselves with to, get, we get, clo- to get closure for, with you. <laughs> but you know what that's I mean? Right. I don't know. You know, it's like that's what that's what he's talking about. Yeah. It's like, but I just for some reason that popped into my head here, just because these Mi- Michael Mann movies are so much about like. Mm-hmm. Adults in rooms be and being fucking adults. Everyone's about a adult professional. Shit. Everyone's adults. Mm-hmm. Right. Everyone's Everyone, an adult. Everyone's professional here. You know. In the next set of movies we're going to talk about, are also going to be a bunch of even a bunch of more professionals. <laughs> professional <Boy>. adults. <laughs> a bunch of professional Across the adults. Board. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know what else to staring off into the middle distance a lot. I could talk about Heat all day, so because it's a really long <laughs> movie and there's like a hundred, there's a hundred scenes in it. Yeah. And yeah. I like all of them for sure. Uh, this is this is there's some like very some like speaking of on the theme of just sort of like. Thinking of cops from a different perspective, these yeah. movies 1995, things have shifted. But he's he does a lot of that stereotypical kind of like, this is what we're fucking dealing with out here. I mean, obviously uh-huh. the chicken the chicken got overcooked. Line, right, right. Very silly, but uh, but this this one where he's like, put his micro baby in the junkie, microwave. Yeah, this junkie asshole just fried his baby in the microwave because it was trying too loud. Like it had a he had a hanker he had the munchies for a California cheeseburger. Like, I, this I is love, where we put all of our bananas. I just love the logic. I love the logic that like the idea. That, I mean, I, I guess it's happened. I don't know, but the idea is like, shit, this baby is crying. I know what'll keep it quiet. <laughs> These proud boys are coming to attack the chop. I like oh, I like shit. that scene where he's I like when he's doing that shit because watching it this time I was trying I wasn't oh. watching it from the perspective of like of like yeah bitch he's you know which I think a lot of people watch those scenes in these movies like and the, they go like the Skyler from Breaking Bad exactly syndrome, and they, they, like, they go like yeah he's really out there fucking doing it and I was watching it from up. the from the flip perspective which right. I think the movie is also presenting oh, for it, sure. which is that which is that like oh I'm supposed to uh, do things and she's kind of like. 
you you're supposed to be present at all. Right. Yeah. Like she's not. She's like she's not. No, she's no. I'm not saying. His, his I'm argument, not saying I want you because his argument is is going right to eleven. His argument is going like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm supposed to come home and tell you about all the horrible shit I said. And she's like, no, you're supposed to be a husband to yeah, me. Right. You're supposed and to also, be a, a person, not just a his his argument asshole. is not just like. Well, first of all, he's it's it's crass because he's just like, oh, somehow that will dispel all that heinous yeah, shit. Yeah. Like he's saying it wouldn't be productive. But what he really means and what this what the heart of his argument is is that wouldn't be productive for him exactly you know it's which just, you know ultimately is why you know even though at the end they sort of have a little bit of a reconciliation at yeah. the hospital you're like it's like they're it's not, over they're not getting back together no no their that's marriage not, is over that's not gonna work which is good because yeah. otherwise you know in a lesser movie by a lesser filmmaker that would be a scene where like Maybe we can make it work, and it would actually be sincere. Like, right. Maybe we can make this work because of this tragedy or whatever. Michael Mann is smart enough to know right. real people don't work like that. Yeah. This relationship is fucked, and this relationship was fucked as soon as these people met and yeah. fucked. Stop like, marrying them. The one time, the one time these guys hooked up and fucked each other, and it was so hot for both of them. Then that was it. That was it. This is your relationship is fucking doomed. I told you when we hooked up, baby. <laughs> You're gonna have to share, have me, to share me with all the, all bad, the people. bad people. Yeah, I, I like know. the way he told you when we hooked up, baby. I think he's I, such a prick. I can't stress enough. I think Al Pacino is very silly in this, and maybe detracts from the uh, from mm. the seriousness of the project. But he fucking uh, is awesome too. To me, it's very all of a piece. I think all of a piece. I agree. I agree. Yeah. With that. Anyway, I don't know. I still, I, you know, whatever. It's heat. <laughs> it's a movie that's so long, and there's so much stuff in it, and I, I kind of love every moment, and like there's parts where I go, eh, I don't like that as much, but like when it gets to the end, and I'm just, I'm just beat, I'm yeah, like just worn like, out from watching it. That was a fucking it. hell of a movie. I'm just like, ah, oh, when they're holding hands there, and I'm just like, holy shit, man! It's I get chills yeah. just watching three hours of this shit again, and I've seen the, I've seen this movie. I'll watch it again. I'll watch it's, it again yeah. right away. I it's feel just, the same way. It's just a different ratio. It's just one of those <laughs> things where you're like, you go, oh fuck, that was a fucking movie. It's just, yeah, it's just awesome. It's that's fucking pure cinema. That's the, and that's what I'm talking about. Is that that's the kind of thing. That like, and you mentioned like, there's a TV version of this, and that's what they would do with this now, and it wouldn't be as good. It would be yeah, yeah. longer, and you'd have more scenes, and maybe are you ca- gonna read the book? Some character interactions would make more sense, but uh, he wrote a book. Who did? Man and another dude collaborated to write a novel, the Neil Macaulay novel. Oh yeah, I'll fucking like, uh, read it's that like book. A pre- it's like a prequel novel. I will read yeah. that book. We well, the, the, what we're gonna do? We read the book. What we're gonna do is cover it on the show for sure. <laughs> oh, we're gonna my, do it on the wow. Patreon. We'll have to. Okay. Books again. Yeah. For now, ratings. Uh, four and a half Judds. Mm. As I said at the beginning, I, this movie nuked me when it came out. It was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. I've cooled <laughs> on it ever so slightly since then, but I still think it's just tremendous. It's just, this is what this is what you go to the movies for, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm going to give it two Douglases for the Al Pacino face-sucking incident. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. For the uh, the creepy oh. scene with the uh, the sex worker, that oh. poor lady. Yeah. Very Jeez. sad. When she, tells, yeah, when she says that he's the yeah, monster though. fuck of my young life, that was very unpleasant. Don't like to hear that. The Wangro thing. But that, that has one of my favorite cuts in in a movie <coughs> ever is when he... He's going. He's going after her, mm-hmm. and he like goes towards her, and it it cuts to a ext- extreme close up of a yeah. of a bottle being popped at a yep. bar. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's like just like uh, just that for me is so much more. Dis- uh, it's almost more violent than if you saw it. Almost, you know, or it just cuts. It, I'm like ah, because every time it happens, I'm like, oh right, you didn't see anything, but like. Did he crack her head open like a bottle or something? Yeah. It's unspecific in a very disturbing way. Yeah, yeah I, I like that. Put, I can't quite put cut, my finger on it. There's but it's tons of a, cuts like that in movies, but this yeah. one, but they're usually more on the nose. Yeah. And this one yeah. is like, oh, it really works. Anyway, yeah. big Wayne Grove fan over here. 
I mean, obviously not of the person, but I just think that, like really Canceled. good, really great performance, really great character. <laughs> I really like the scene where he goes into the bar looking for a job, and he's like, "I am a cowboy looking for anything heavy." And then <laughs> yeah. he pauses for a second and goes, "That is why I am here." Yep. It's fucking rad. Uh, anyway, so two Douglases, or yeah, two Douglases, and I'm gonna give it. Uh, I don't know what fifteen thousand spent shell casings <laughs> in that street. <laughs> Seriously, fucking My God. badass, unbelievable. Uh, I give it three and a half. Three and a half Judds. I mean, I can't go any lower than that. This movie irritates the hell out of me in a lot of ways, but I mean, yeah. it, the best gunfight in the world. Come on, you got to give it I at like least one Judd. Jesus, yeah, you can't. We it has to be like, one Judd at least. Yeah, because yeah. because she's in it. Oh, and Judd. There is <laughs> true. There's literally true. one Judd. There's literally one Judd. Wow. The yeah. greatest of Judds. Yeah, and she's and this is when she was young Our and hungry. Saint. She's she's real good. Um yeah, let's see. Yeah, what one and a half. Ah, two two Douglases, I guess, for the Wayne Grove stuff. And again, Al Pacino's it, it's and not you, like, and it's you, not like and you, you have to picture lot. TV's Mark Allender busting it all on uh <laughs> She Pacino's wife. She, she demeaned herself would, with would, Ralph <laughs> to get closure with you. I would love to hear him be like, "Hey, hey, I'm right here." I think I'm going to switch. I'm I think I'm going to switch up. Uh, I'm going to replace. She fucked. She fucked that guy to death with demean myself with Ralph to get closure with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be my new catchphrase. So fucking dumb. She fucked. Hey. Him to death. Well, I'm right here. Yeah. Can I at least watch this guy's TV? <laughs> no. Oh, no. This that is, is the last fucking thing you can this do. This day started out so well. Uh, yeah, and Al Pacino sucks. <laughs> it's oddly, oddly graphic. It's like pornography. He's oh. just like, Ugh, should I be watching oh, this? It's making these like, slobbery oh. kissing sounds. That's like oh. the second scene in the movie, too. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, I'm stop, inside stop you, baby. Stop it. Stop oh. it. Jesus. It's much worse when you do it. <laughs> it's just as sexy. Stop it right it's now. It's just as sexy. Stop <laughs> it. And that's for real. Uh, exactly as sexy. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh. And let's see here. I'm going to give it 10 out of 10. Great ass. Nah, there we go. <laughs> Excellent choice. Where's your? Head oh, though? I also just wanted to to point out he is talking about Ashley Judd's ass. Yes. in this case, to Hank Azaria. Hank Azaria, who's having an affair with Ashley Judd, and in when he's doing this line, this is an ad lib. You can see he's about to say big ass. Yeah. But no, he, he changes himself and says great because maybe he goes like, nah, Ashley Judd doesn't really have a big ass. It's a great ass. When for I think sure, of great ass. When I think of when I think of ass, ass, woman's, woman's ass. ass. Something comes Something out of him. Ashley Judd's ass. Specifically. <laughs> Specifically, which is the one I'm thinking about in, in this, this case. case. Ha! <laughs> How's your ass, son? <laughs> is it great or is it big? I like my I like my age presentable. <laughs> uh, I'm giving it five Judds. I love this movie. I this is my favorite Michael Mann movie. Uh by by a lot by a while. In a walk. Yeah, kinda. I mean I and as much as I gave Thief. I think I gave Thief five too, but I still this is like I like this way so much more than that. Five and even. a half. Yeah, five and a half. I'll give five and a half. Damn. Uh, yeah. uh, this is just it's it remained one of my favorite movies. Not to be a basic bro or whatever that like just like heat though, man. You know, but it's just the, I uh, can't. Uh, Eating Boondock Saints or Kevin's two <laughs> favorite movies. <laughs> I'm not that basic. <laughs> I'm not, I'll tell you though, I'm not, I'm not a fucking stupid that's, bro. That's, that's a correct <laughs> assessment though, because I've shown this to multiple people over the years uh, who have like had that attitude. You know, like. Yeah. 
Brad's fucking heat really is it that good? And if I, by the time it's over, we're like, okay, yeah, that was pretty fucking great. Yeah, I mean, I showed it to Sophie the other day for the, and she, you know, she had, you know, I think she her problems were like, uh, you know, the same the women characters, mm-hmm. you know, which is totally totally like, legit. I'm like, yeah. yeah, absolutely, but like, but you know, then she's like, yeah, that was fucking awesome. It's like, an, and you know, you just watched you just watched this like fucking epic crime movie in. Yeah. You know, the tagline was a Los Angeles crime saga. Yeah, and it really is. I just, and I love, that's what I love. I love the saga part of it. I yeah. don't know, that it's just like, every time I watch this, I'm like, all oh, right, all these little parts. I just lo-. And every time a new character actor pops up in this movie, I think we we rattle off a bunch. It's just like, oh, for, one, for one fucking scene, you know, mm-hmm. Tom Noonan popping in there. Tone Loke is great in this scene. No, Tone Loke. <laughs> Tone Loke was in a string of hits How at the fuck I know you're going to do what I need to get done. <laughs> Uh, and I'm gonna give it two Douglases, uh, because I, I think also like that Wayne Grove kills that girl, but then there's the scene after where he see, find they find her body and mm-hmm. the mom comes up and stuff, which isn't sleazy, but it is like disturbing and it makes you it gives you a whole colors that Wayne Grove character in a whole other light than yeah. before. You're just like this guy sucks and he won't shut the fuck up and he shouldn't have shot those people, but then you're like, oh man, also, also he's the like angel a, of death, he's like a fucking serial killer. I can't wait to watch him get his brains blown out all over that yeah. hotel room. Yeah. Uh, I wish he'd been karate kicked out the window, but we can't have everything. Yeah. Um, and, uh, shit, I don't know. Fuck, what did you say? You said something. Five, ten out of ten great asses. Ten out of ten great asses. Not big ones. Uh, <laughs> not big ones. I'm going to give it... Uh, give it one dead tech I'm postmodernistic one, house. I'm going to give it one TV that Ralph is not allowed to watch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in fact, I'm taking it with me. And then he kicks that TV out the door, and there's yeah, like what? people there who he just give the TV to those people at the bus stop. Yeah, oh, this is at a time when there weren't TVs just sitting around. Someone all over at the, the place. someone at that bus stop would have been like, "Sweet, a TV? Oh, TV? These Some are- fucking coked out weirdo in a car stopped at the <laughs> bus stop and gave me a TV." I mean, they also have a good story about how like some coked out weirdo stopped at the bus stop at the stop, like kicked a TV into the street and drove off. That's true. Uh, so you know, either Ooh, way, they get a good story. Just- a ninety pound, thirteen inch TV. <laughs> That's Man, top I of had, the line. I had that fucking TV back yeah. then. I had what you had the VCR in it. Can't do that it better like, than that. That was my TV for a long time. Was just this t- the tiniest TV with yeah. a VCR. And I, I had a nineteen. I watched so many fucking like great movies. I watched Heat on that movie like a hundred uh-huh. times. Yep. <laughs> and I, I can't imagine why Heat like pan and scanned. Well, I probably had the letterbox one, but still, what was the screen like? Twelve inches? Jesus <laughs> Christ! From across the room? I had a nineteen-inch one. Okay. So that was Michael Manuary Part One. Yeah. We'll be back in two weeks with part two, which will be Collateral, uh, Miami Vice, and Black Hat. Yeah. Wow. So get, ready uh, more, get ready for more of that. More, ter- more terse, terse men Staring conversations. Staring off into the middle distance <laughs> like three real fiends from Ojitos. Oh, totally man. different, but more of the same. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, subscribe to our Patreon. Absolutely. Please. If we get to 125, we are We're covering going to do four David Fincher movies. Fincher nearly killed her. Fordcher. Fincher, I like fin- Fincher. I barely even know her. Fincher barely know her. Okay. Something. We'll figure something out. Yeah. Uh, but, but we're going to be covering not maybe the ones you would expect. We're going to cover uh, the game. game. We're going to cover Panic Room. We're going to cover the Curious Case of Benjamin Button and the girl with the dragon tattoo. Yeah. Yep. A real mixed bag for me. <laughs> All yeah. very good movies, in my opinion. Wow. 
Yeah. Well, including the one that is my favorite David Fincher film. But we won't fucking do it at all. So we, we get, get 225 pages. Uh, I don't know. So I don't know. Yeah. Where are we at right now? 107. God, hurry up. Yeah. Uh, Let's get on it, people. <laughs> and if you live in Seattle, uh, we have a, we have an event coming up. Yes. We're doing a screening at the uh, Beacon. The prestigious Beacon Cinema. On February 5th. At what time? I don't know. It's well, it'll be it's on, it'll be on their it'll be on their calendar. So if you look up the Beacon yeah. website, it'll be on there. Um, I don't think it I don't think it's up yet actually. Well, but we will be screening. It'll be Saturday night. We're screening the uh, hand that rocks the cradle. Yeah, shot in Seattle. Shot in Seattle. Shot great par- great movie. Shot partly in Tacoma on the same street where Beacon uh, Beacon owner uh, Tommy, Tommy our friend Tommy Swenson lived. So he's in the movie. So we will be discussing briefly with him. At yes, the, at the screening, we'll, we'll have a Q and A with the actor from the Hand of the Cradle, like Tommy Swenson. When he Swinson. was eight years old, and they were shooting a big, a big budget Hollywood movie on his street. <laughs> it's all connected. <laughs> yeah. So until then, the suspense is killing us. Bye. Bye. No, we don't get to say bye. We just have to hang up. Yeah, just pretend we just hung up on you instead. Yeah, I've got all the freedom, honey Don't you know that I'm loving you? Yeah, I've got all the freedom, baby Don't you know that I've always been true?